Hosting for this podcast is made possible through mtgcast.com, which is supported by a generous contribution from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier trading and financial news site. Hello again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is episode 282. Yeah, I did that from memory. Didn't look anything up or nothing. Of the Mana Pool. And we are the Mana Pool. This is, this is an episode. <laughs> I'm Homestar Runner. Kind of, welcome to the website. <laughs> right, so... We are brought to you, as always, by CardShark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. You should totally go there and check out the new, uh, well, I guess it's not new anymore, but the uh, Card Optimizer and the new Buy Deck set. That's, there's a link for that now, right? Yeah, there's there's a link up at the top of the page, and I think it still says it's in beta, but there's a link now. You don't have to just know somehow where it is. <laughs> for, well, from the newsletter, I guess is what that would be. Yeah. And everyone who doesn't should go either like Card Shark on Facebook or follow them on Twitter because they are now, well, for the last few months, uh, they've had someone actually doing stuff on Facebook and Twitter rather than just being there. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. They tweet and retweet some crazy stuff that is thoroughly enjoyable. And why? Oh, this is the articles page. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. My bookmark goes to the, goes to the article page. <laughs> Buy all these articles. Buy all these professionals. I and it's still loading. I don't see it on the front page. I th- yeah, it's up near the top. I I've seen it there. Wait a minute. Uh-huh. Are we still recording? Yeah, we're recording. This is this is compelling stuff right here. <laughs> Oh, by deck. Okay, there it is. The freaking recording window that that stays on top of everything is over top of it, so I didn't see it. Sorry, it is right there in the view where everyone but me can see it because I am clearly an idiot. So, hi. The little Skype mini window. Yeah. Uh. So, hi, I'm Chewy, the lead dork and biggest idiot ever. (laughs) And uh, this is a website. I'm going to shut up now. I'm, I'm joined by all those dorks. Hey, dorks, who, who are you people again? How'd you get into my house? Hey, I'm Brian. I'm, I'm Brian. I'm not quite the biggest idiot ever, but sometimes I feel like it. So then I'm like, what would Chewy do? Oh, yeah, okay. So and Then you feel better about yourself, good, don't you? It's a good little thing to have. <laughs> have it it's true. It's true. Hey. Uh, I'm Anybody Mike, else? and I'm the... Second biggest idiot ever. <laughs> and uh, I don't have any funny quips, I guess, because I'm a big idiot. <laughs> hey, Mike. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike. Lotless, yeah. Lotless Troll has trample. Holy crap. Does it really? Okay, that'll be funnier later. Yeah, it's built really in trample. I did not realize. Wow, that's not fair. How is that fair? I don't believe, like, I'm going to look it up. That's a joke. I don't believe you. Look, it's this <laughs> Wow, I've forgotten about that. Okay, who's left? Uh, that would be me, Dirk, the self-proclaimed greenest man alive and moral compass of the group. And I have no funny quibs or anything, but I try not to be the biggest idiot out there. I'm not always successful. Most of the but time. But I do is. try. Most of the time. 
do do you still have a three three trample on your lap, or did he wander off again? No, he wandered off. No, oh, okay. I figured. So there were things not destroyed. <laughs> he had to go fix that. <laughs> yeah. Does he have rampage? His uh, his trail of destruction, though. I had to clean that up earlier. <laughs> that was a big mess. <laughs> oh. Man, much like a lot of troll. Uh, okay, so we have lots of stuff to talk about. I figured we should knock out these M14 cards real quick so I can close the window, to be uh, honest. is the only reason I said that. So, like, the day, <laughs> the day after, maybe two days after, we recorded no, the, the last the, the episode. Day the, the day after. It was the day after. Great. So, literally, like, three and a half hours after we got done recording, they were like, hey, look. I know it's like two and a half hours, isn't it? I can't do math. Something like that. Yeah. They were like, hey, look, here's some M14 cards. Nah. We were like, bastards. So, But they revealed the the rares, or some of the rares, that are going to be in the, what are they called, theme decks? Theme decks, yeah, mm-hmm. or or whatever that word is. I believe it's theme yeah. decks. In, intro packs, sorry. Good little theme decks. They haven't been that for years. <laughs> and every one of us was like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I'm old school, man. I'm Tournament pack. Tournament pack, hell yeah. <laughs> No, that's something completely different. They haven't had, they haven't done that since uh, Shards of Alara. Yeah. The sadness. So, uh, it's each one is a friend of a planeswalker, right? Yep. Ajani so and so, Jace's buddy from college, uh, Liliana's sexy roommate. Hell yeah! So there are two of them that are not new. Right. So I'll take one of those. Chandra's Phoenix. That's the one for one red red, two two flying haste. And when an opponent is dealt damage by a red instant or sorcery or red planeswalker you control, you get the Phoenix back from graveyard to hand. This is really, really good. And um, it was in M12 and was not an M13. So now it's back. And I think... Um, it, it was one of the staples of the burn decks, so it's going to... Will it make an impact again? Um, Maybe. Yeah, the only time I've ever played it was in one of the duels games, and I loved it. It's good. It's good as heck. Last last year we got the... What was it? The, the 4-1 or 4-2 that was really kind of slow. Oh, Molten Firebird, is that it? Yeah, it doesn't have haste, I don't think. And it doesn't have haste. Yeah. Haste is so important. Yeah. I really wanted to. I really thought hard about putting that in a deck since it could regrow itself whenever, but never got around to it. I have that problem with a lot of cards. Yeah. And then the other one that's not a new card is the green one. Who wants to tell us about the green one? I guess Brian is uh, <laughs> saying I should take it. I am so, subtle. He is so subtle. So subtle. <laughs> Garrick's Horde for 5 and 2 green. It's a 7 7 beast that's rare. It has trample and play with the top card of your library field. You may cast the top card of your library if it's a creature card. This guy made his way into my um, Maelstrom Wanderer deck. He's got a lot of creatures. And plus, it likes living off the top of the deck. So, mm-hmm. I think I cascaded past one in a game I played against Bill. This last weekend, I was like, and oh, oh, yeah. He seems, I mean, already going back old school style. He's a seven seven for seven with trample. 
and the rest is just gravy. But I guess that doesn't really apply anymore. Like I'm so rooted in old school uh, yeah. card evalu- creature evaluation that every card is ridiculously broken to me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've actually taken Garrick's Horde out of decks because I didn't think he was good enough, and that's sad. I don't think I ever managed to put one in a deck. Like mm-hmm. the beast deck that you think he would go in perfectly doesn't actually have that many creature cards. It has lots of spells that make beasts. Right. Yeah, it makes lots of tokens. Yeah, so <clears throat> I haven't really found a home for him. I do have a some sort of mono green deck that I don't remember what it does anymore that he'd probably go well in. <laughs> Maybe. If I figure out what it does, I'll let you know. <laughs> one of the things I'm looking forward to the most when I have stuff more or less in order in the house is getting my magic stuff mm, kind of sort of organized, which is a lot better than it's in right now. Hmm. <clears throat> but that's neither here nor there, because here we have previews. Yay! Who wants to take the white one? Uh, I'll do it. I think it's really cool. A Johnny's Chosen costs two white and two for a 3-3 three, three cat soldier. And it's Meow. Meow. And whenever an enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, uh, you put a, you get a 2-2 two, two white cat token. And if that enchantment is an aura, you may attach it to the token. Meow. I know. That's a little weird, I guess. It's kind of interesting. Mike and I were talking about this on the way to uh, Durham, where you have to actually have a target for the aura, which when you play it, which can be the Ajani's Chosen, uh, but you need to have a legal target. Um, if you've only got an Ajani's Chosen out and you've got a uh, an enchant vampire you don't control or something, I don't know. You actually have to have a you actually have to have a legal target, and then you can change the target. To the token. No, you don't change the target. You just move it. You just move it. Sorry. Yeah. So I well, I guess that means that if for some reason you have something out that all your creatures gain. Never mind. I'm being weird. Yeah, you are. Yeah. But that works. What you were about to say. Yeah. Was he about to say shroud? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because it triggers when the enchantment enters the battlefield, not when it's still hanging out there on the stack as a spell. Yeah. Same reason that the whole. what was it back in the day? Crown of Ages on you can move something Stuff, onto a yeah. creature with shroud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and younger so, listeners are going, "What?" I just, I just realized that my <laughs> yeah. that my example was not entirely good because then you couldn't enchant the first creature to begin with. So you can target opponent's creatures with an enchantment. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So if I put a pacifism on your guy. <laughs> you don't have to move it to the cat. <laughs> You can choose to, but you might not like what happens. If you don't but okay, choose. so so we got a little silly, but it is a three three for four soldier, which you know soldier type matters. It's one of those bonus uh, things having a yeah. soldier on there. Cat, uh, kind of, sort of, but and uh, the ability, just the fact that it costs four and you can start making tokens is pretty good. So I like the way that in the art they're actually posing for the badass picture. Like, okay, everybody, look badass. And they're like, and the guy's like, click. Say, say mouse. Did you get it? Hang on, hang on. Let me get another one. Click, click, click. All right, I think I got it. And they're like, (laughs) We can only make our hands glow like this for so long. We're going to run out of mana, for God's sake. See, oh, I tied it back to the game. Okay, shut up. You did. I'm impressed. So that, that's the, that's that. There's, Um, uh. 
The blue one is Jace's Mindseeker. And JT was going nuts over the fish illusion on Twitter, in the forums. He's like, do we have fish illusions? And I was like, oh my god! Okay. I don't get it, but I thought it was funny that he enjoyed it so much. Mm. Oh my god, fish illusion! Oh my god, it's a fish illusion. <laughs> uh, it costs six. It's a, it's one of the more expensive one of these. Well, I guess not compared to the horde, but... For four and two blue, it's a four four with flying. Fish illusion. Oh my apparently. god, fish illusion. <laughs> this means illusions are gonna be back. Let's start the rumor mill. Oh my god, illusions are gonna be back. But, <laughs> but even if they reprint um the image, it's not gonna be as crazy as it was before with the new rules change. Uh, anyway, it might be slightly crazier. That's also wow. Okay, but, but so okay, so it's it's a four four with flying. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent puts the top five cards of his or her library into his or graveyard. Into his or her graveyard, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from among them without paying its mana cost. I like this. I'm a big fan of Chancellor of the Spires. Uh, before we got start, Mike and I went to a PTQ and uh, this last weekend with Bill. Before we got started, we played a couple games of EDH, and the very first one we played. It was one of these things where I drew my card, and I realized out of the 100 cards in the deck, I actually had a Chancellor of the Spire in my opening hand, and I completely missed it. Um, <laughs> which it, might agree would have changed the entire outcome of the game. A whole um, lot. whole lot. But this is kind of like, you don't, you don't get the mill for free if it's in your opening hand, you know, because that happens so often. But this has that effect of you mill and you get the card right away when you cast it. So, um, I, I think it's pretty good, and it's a 4-4 four, 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 flying. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of liked the, uh, the Jace's, uh, mill guy gets bigger when they have, yeah, Jace's Phantasm a little better, and I wonder if we're not gonna have both, because Jace is this, and Jace is that, and Jace's intuition gets to be a bit much. Oh my god, fish illusion! And it's an illusory fish. So we're right back to Chewy, and it's a black card, and we all know how Chewy loves his black cards. That's right. In the middle of the night. Like the way he likes his coffee. I don't drink coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Let's see. So we already saw Liliana's Limit Break uh, as a card, so of course it's going to be a Liliana card. It's Liliana's Hot Roommate. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, wait, wait, wrong card. It's Liliana's Reaver for two and two black. It's a 4-3 zombie with death touch. So that's cool. And it says, whenever Liliana's Reaver deals combat damage to a player, that player discards a card, and you get a 2-2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield tapped. You know what, you know what I think this card is, the more I look at it? I think it's a fixed Grave Titan. Because... You still get the zombies, but you don't get two immediately. You don't get two every time it attacks. But it's still a sizable creature with power equal to its converted mana cost with death touch that makes zombies. And because you're only getting one at a time and you actually have to hit them, you get the added bonus of discarding a card. I think we can all agree that the titans were definitely pushed. So this, to me, is like a fixed, fair-ish Grave Titan. <laughs> sure. I think you're kind of pushing the limits of just comparisons in general when you try to put 
two things that are so different side by side. I think they're a lot alike. I don't no. like you. I'm done. I'm going <laughs> <on>. <laughs> Look, they're both black creatures with death touch that make zombies. They're clearly exactly the same thing. Okay, fine. <laughs> clearly, that you want that you want to attack with, I guess. When you say it, when you say it that way, you win. Fine. All right. Hey, look, the chick in the picture above has a hole in her head. That's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I guess eh, the Reaver's all right. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really like the Reaver actually at all. He's okay. Like I play him in limited. I play the hell out of him in limited. And laugh and touch myself. But other than that, no, I don't really care. I might put him in my zombie deck because he makes tokens and he's so cheap. Hmm. Right. With an undead war chief out, he'll be a six four for three. That's awesome. And he'll make four three tokens. That's awesome. Because <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> undead war chief is totally not fair. So so now Liliana's Reaver is even more like Grave Titan. Yeah, now it's a Titan. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's M14, Liliana's hot roommate. I guess they'll show that later. I hope they do. Man, you guys seen pictures? Anyway, so what was this about a PTQ? I heard something about a PTQ. What's a PTQ? PTQ is a Pro Tour qualifier. Ooh, what does that mean? It means they can qualify you for the Pro Tour. Yeah, and if you do well enough, you even get um, plane ticket. Yep, that's crazy. A pro tour qualifier, if you want a kind of more serious answer, is a, a a higher level tournament. is a competitive rules enforcement level event. Um, you can go onto wizards.com and look up pro tour qualifiers, and there may be one near you sometime in the future. Um, usually, for a given pro tour that this is feeding, like a pro tour qualifier for pro tour Theros. Uh, is a all the pro tour qualifiers are of a given format. Sometimes it can change a little bit if it's a format if the pro tour qualifier season is over a period of time where the format changes, like after a new set is released, something like that. But generally speaking, like they're all going to be standard, or they're all going to be sealed, or uh, they're all going to be you know Alara block something, Alara <laughs> block draft five colors. Um, yeah. And, uh, the fee, the fee, the, the turn, the, um, the prize structure is usually left up more or less to the tournament organizer. Um, and if you haven't been to one before, you should give it a shot. It's kind of, I feel, I, I think it's one of those experiences everybody should have, even if they don't ever want to do it again, because I'm always a fan of finding new ways to play and, even though, spoiler alert, I didn't win the one that Mike and I went to. I still like to go to these every now and then to just kind of test myself and say, how well do I know this format? Sometimes I know it well, and sometimes I don't know it at all. Um, but it's kind of like a Grand Prix, you know? You, you you don't really know what it's like until you go. Does that adequately answer your question? I top a PTQ once. And you I did top eight a PTQ, and then you blew that game when you had the win on the board. I haven't heard so I hear. I haven't heard the end of it yet. <laughs> so Mike and I decided to go to the pro, uh, PTQ that was in Durham, North Carolina, at Atomic Empire. Is that right? It's a great shop. You, you should check it out. Is it's it a great, a great shop? shop? I still haven't been there. It it's is actually a, a really cool shop. It's it's giant. It's it's in the building. I like how Mike described it to me as it's kind of a building that 
used to be like a Belk or a department store or something. It goes way back. You go in the front door, and the first section is like comics and, and that sort of thing. Everything's pretty well spaced out. It doesn't feel cramped. And then the game section is at the back, and it really feels like the second half of it really could be an event center. It's that much space. They have enough space for a an actual, like, snack bar, like a, a counter with, with all sorts of stuff and... Yes, um, yeah, they even have a, a, a refrigerator case for ice cream, and they have beer in bottles and on tap. And on tap, yeah. Really? Yeah, it was great. Um, it was very well run. Uh, uh, Bill decided to join us. Chewie was thinking about going, and then Chewie decided to neither go to this wedding nor go to the event, and every single person that we saw that was like, where's Chewie? And we said, he's not coming, said... Tell him he sucks. Like we, Mike and I must have heard that how many times over the course of the day, and some people, some people kept repeating it over and over again. Sorry, I, uh, dude, I got a text from Brian at some point that said, "Hey, Clue said you suck," and then I got a text from Bill literally ten seconds later that said, "Hey, the lady Clue says you suck." Yeah, we were both. We were all supposed to send it at the same okay, time. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, and, and Mike's. Well, <laughs> well, you, you would have gotten one from me too, but um, on on my on my new phone, uh, the the OK and the cancel buttons are flipped from where they were on my previous phone. Uh, that muscle memory is a bitch, isn't it? Yeah. So when so when I so when I made a mistake and I went to hit backspace, it was like, I, you know, of course I'm going to hit backspace, and it went, I went OK, and I'm like, no, cancel. OK, no, damn it, and I'm trying to press some. Buttons and I ended up sending a text. Um, Boo, you suck. Smiley face to the number two two two. Whoever that is. <laughs> so you've so. been entered to win something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, text so. you suck to two two two. Standard charges apply. Yeah. That, that person must feel really bad about themselves right now. Because <laughs> boo, you suck. Smiley, Smiley face. <laughs> I can just imagine some poor little kid goes to their mom and dad and say, what's it mean that I suck? <laughs> Although hopefully they don't have a cell phone. Sick burn. If they did, that's the least of their problems, getting a message like that. So so we went, and actually I am very grateful that Mike wanted to go with me and that everybody pitched in because I wanted I ended up running a junk tokens, uh, a junk deck with junk short, is shorthand for white green, black, uh, Teneb the Harvester colors. And I, Mike will vouch for this. Shortly after Dragon's Maze came out, um, Mike and Dirk were helping me move into my house and we went to go return the rented dolly to, um, uh, was it AAA or, or budget or one of those places. And they came with me, and I told Mike, I was like, hey, I have this great idea for a deck, and there's all these great two-drops, including Voice of Resurgence and all this, and um, Immortal Servitude is a card. And he's like, yeah, that sounds good. And then that week, it was in the newsletter from Star City about how it that, uh, that deck, or a very close version of what I was just talking was what I was talking about, had come in second at a... Uh, Star City Invitational Qualifier. And I was like, now nobody's going to believe me that I had that idea. But, you know, that happens all the time. Every time you have an idea, 
someone somewhere else in the world is having the exact same idea and they publish it before you. It's just how it works. But it kind of then dropped off the radar, and I still really liked the idea. Um, and I thought, you know, two drops and blood artist, cartel aristocrat, you know, voice of resurgence. Hey, that's a deck. Um, so I have to thank everybody. I have to thank Mike, and I have to thank Clues. Is that Judge Cast that he's on? You can tell. Card I don't. Card what? Advantage. Card advantage. Okay. I apologize. I don't really listen Perlman to. Perlman is the one on uh, Judge Cast. Now I, know, okay. I understand getting them confused because they look and sound and are exactly the same person. <laughs> I don't know which one will get more offended Alter, by that. Alter egos. Um, Screw you, Perlman. Thanks for nothing. Yeah, you but, jerk. <laughs> but so Mike and Chewy and Clues and Bill all loaned me cards, including Mike loaned me like half my mana base. Uh, and a voice, voice of resurgence. Clues loaned me two voice of resurgence, and everybody loaned various other things, including Thalia's, Lotleth Trolls, etc., and probably saved me over, over $250. And, um, I'm really appreciative to that. If you don't have money, be sure you have friends. Yes. If you don't have money or friends, you should probably draft. <laughs> don't, don't, don't run out of money that way. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's still cheaper than trying to play constructed with no money and no friends. I remember when we were getting started out. Um, you know, I I, I heard about more um, successful players like Kai Bud, Bude. Is that I don't know how you pronounce his name. Steve. Kai Steve. Steve. Uh, the the uh, Void Mage Prodigy, and and other high level players like borrowing their cards all the time from stores and I'm like how can they do that you know you yeah. need to have some sense of ownership etc et mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I think it's one thing you know he said he just didn't own cards he doesn't buy cards I think it's one thing to just not own any and it's another thing to be investing hundreds and hundreds of dollars to have sets of every card uh, as soon as it comes out and you know I'm not knocking anybody if you have the financial resources to do that you know, all the more power to you. I'm simply not one of those. But I'm not going to – I have good friends, and luckily they don't let something like that stop me from being able to compete at these events. Because you might say, well, you don't need all those good cards. And it's entirely true, and I could have built a different deck. But that was the deck I wanted to build, and at least in that instance, I wasn't letting my budget define what I could play. Like, um, didn't have to run with suboptimal mana base or anything like that. And if there's anything you should spurge more money on, it's your mana base. Mm-hmm. Believe you me. Um, so Mike and I went, and Bill joined us over there. And um, uh, what did you? So so that was what you played. What did Mike play? Uh, I was playing my Grixis colored creatureless planeswalker control deck that I've been messing around with um, for the past couple months. You know, just it's it's basically just removal and. Planeswalkers, and that's it. Okay. And does anybody know what Bill played? I know he was asking around on. Uh... Bill was playing a junk deck, uh, kind of similar to mine, but it goes junk to show. Reanimator. It, it it goes to show the versatility of colors right now, where you could run a particular color combination and have a completely different build. I, I don't think he did. He have any blood artists? No, he didn't. No, Bill was playing junk reanimator. Yeah, but he never. Drew his <laughs> unburial rights or mailed into them. So most of the time, so he was really just playing junk mid range most of the time <laughs> until he would magically come across one of the four unburial rights that never showed up. Which which was too bad because those were some. He had some very nice 
uh, altered art. Yeah, um, someone he knows. Uh, that that was someone he knows who had started doing it, and they yeah. looked really nice. They looked really nice. So yeah, they were altered to be borderless, and it was it was so, a really good job. Uh, Bill isn't with us, but I'll go ahead and say that Bill actually ended up doing the best of us. And spoil alert, um, none of us made top eight. But he actually almost only, he he came two places shy of prizes, um, and I believe his final record was four three and one. That sounds mm. right. Mm. He started he like got three wins in a row and then started to hit pretty hard. The song yeah. uh, started to hit. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that's what happened to him. I didn't get much of a chance to talk to him in later rounds because I kept going to time. Yeah, I kept I, I kept going to time too. Unfortunately, like my second round was a draw. That's you know. Um. So so it's, like I said, Bill wasn't here, but he did he did pretty well. Do you want me to go first, or do you want Mike to go first? I don't. Uh, think- I don't know. Okay, I'll go first because I'm still talking. Uh, the one quick note I'm going to say about the deck is that at the last minute I added them in some Lotleth trolls. Because I only, like I said, I added them last minute. We're in the car on the way down. I said, and I love the way they have built in trample. And Mike was like, what? I said, they have trample. And Mike literally gave me a look like I did not know that they had trample. I did not. That was, that was true. I will tell you, they were probably the best card in the deck. The best creature. Better than voice. They were so key. So often it was crazy they would get the, the if if it didn't have regenerate it wouldn't be nearly as good um a lot of times i didn't even toss creatures to them because i'd much rather all my all my creatures cost two except i had some um death right shamans in the sideboard uh but most of the time i wanted to play them out so they would you know then die and maybe come back but mostly die for the uh for the blood artist so i, I it was only one or two games all day where I actually pitched cards to the troll, but the fact that I could do that was a was a bonus. Um, so I'm, I have notes for every round. It's eight rounds. I'm not going to go through all these. I'm yeah, going to please, please don't. I'm going to point <laughs> out game, uh, round one. I played against a uh, an American deck, uh, as in you know red, white, and blue. And Aetherling is a pain in the butt, but it made me really glad that I had Pithing Needles in, Pithing Needles in the sideboard, even though I never drew one. And game two was awesome because it literally came down to like, at the end of his last turn, I flashed out a Skylasher and sacked my voice to get a token and was, and was in a very, very tight position and just needed to draw something great off the top. And I drew the Immortal Servitude and I said, Immortal Servitude for two? And he looked at the graveyard, and he's like, yep, and scooped it up right there. So I was like, yes. So that card definitely made a difference. Um, uh, game, round two, I went to time and, and drew round three. The losses started. And honestly, it was – I don't know if I just wasn't very well positioned. I don't know if maybe someone else would have been able to play better. But I did end up the day at three, four, and one. Um, so not my best showing, but overall I had a good time. Uh, I played against a wide variety of decks, including Reanimator. There was one guy that was playing Reanimator where literally both games he had a turn one 
Mana Dude, Turn 2, Grizzly Salvage. In Game 2, he had a Turn 1, Avacyn's Pilgrim, Turn 2, Grizzly Salvage. The Grizzly Salvage turned over two lands, an Unburial Rites, an Angel of Serenity, and a Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> what the hell? That's like the best you can possibly do. I'm, at this point, I'm just like laughing. I'm like, all right, whatever. Because I did find, you know, you, you find as you play the deck, it has certain strengths and weaknesses. I hadn't been playing mine as long as Mike has been playing his. One of the things I found out was I was having a really hard time playing against the just the really over-the-top creatures, the really, really, really good creatures, Thrag Tusk and Angel of Serenity. In round two, the one that went to time, game two, he played out two Thrag Tusks, resolved two... Um, Sphinx's Revelations played a, a um, an angel, got back both Thrag Tusks. I killed it, and he managed to bring both back. Why do you think that one, uh, that round went to time? Uh, so <laughs> I, had, I had some hard times against some of the bigger ones. And then round, round eight, the very last round of the day against Ryan, like my name, but with an R. Uh, I had seen this guy before because at the beginning of the tournament, before the rounds actually started, he was actually going around asking if um, not going around everywhere. I don't make him sound like a beggar, but he came to our table and was asking if anyone had voices, um, voice of resurgence for trade. And I was thinking, uh, that's going to be kind of tough right now because that's like the big money card. But he told me later he was able to find some. And the round itself wasn't really all that remarkable because both games he pretty much stomped me. But um, at that point I was like, yeah, okay, it's the end of a long day. But Chewy, it turns out he's a listener because we're literally packing up. Yay! And uh, and he looks at me and he says, you know, I really enjoy listening to you guys. You you guys definitely make my my drive a little easier. I said, oh, you didn't say you listened. He said, yeah, somewhere around game two, I was finally able to place your voice. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> so uh, Ryan, if you're out there listening, it was very nice to meet you. Uh, everyone, everyone I played was a gentleman. I didn't actually play against any ladies today or or Saturday, but um, uh, it was very nice to go out. And even though I didn't get in the prizes, and um, I, I generally had a good time, and I'm glad that Mike and Bill went with me because going by myself with a losing record, it might have been a little more rough. But the the store was great. I had a great time. Hey, look at that. It was kind of concise. That's crazy. Who are you and who are you doing with Brian? <laughs> I was going to ask if I blacked uh, out during any of that. <laughs> crab people. Crab. Dude, was that episode on recently or something? Because my roommate has been walking around saying, I see crab people. I'm like, what? He's like, everywhere I go. Crab people. For like the last three days, and I can't figure out what the hell's wrong with him. Uh, uh, I guess it just sticks in your head like a crab leg. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Okay. So Mike went too. Hell oh, yeah, way. he did. Otlith Troll has Trample. And he again, certainly does. I just really quick, I just want to say for anyone that, that is paying attention to Standard, Otlith Troll, when it was being previewed, we were like, oh my god, and then we forgot about it. It really is that good. It really is that good. I wish I'd been playing with four. And Skylasher, so good. Doesn't matter if it's not against blue decks. I did not play against a single Bant Aura deck all day, and I really wish I could have gone in response to you attacking with your Geist, Skylasher! But I didn't get to. But it's still really, really good. Because, you know, Flash. Okay, now I'm really done. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, neither do I. Go Mike. Uh, yes, go Mike. Um, 
So I was also there at Atomic Empire, of course. And I'll go ahead and, and let you know that uh, I, I played all eight rounds, and I ended up going two, five, and one. Yeah. Wait. Which is just a total disaster. It was awful. But I went all eight rounds because Brian was still in it for a while, and he was having a good time, and Bill was still there, and we were hanging out, and I just wanted to try to see if the deck was any good at all before I finally gave it up because I started to get the feeling early on. It's like, nah, this might be the last event that this deck plays. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, I, I ended up, except for, except for, for six of the eight rounds, I got matched up against aggro decks and which was unfortunate because I was, I was thinking because of, okay, I really need to stop listening to anything. Jacob Van Linen's, Dumbass, right? Because I was thinking there was going to be a lot of um, control decks out there, <laughs> and that would have meant that I would have had some good matchups that day. But no, I, I I I think it was because I forgot that he's writing mostly about Magic Online stuff, and the environments are actually really really different between online and the real world. Um, so that was just a bad call on my part, taking that to to mean that there would be a lot of control out there. But um, but anyway. <laughs> So well, what? if you want to know what meta game is shaping up like, you can always listen to Monday Night Magic. <laughs> I guess I could if I wanted to have two fewer hours in my week. I, I was just going to say it was your pet deck, so unless you actually knew for a fact that it was going to bomb, you were probably going to take it anyway. Yeah, if, if I knew for a fact that it was going to bomb, I would have maybe still come, but I would have had to think about it. Bought the Celestia event deck and played it instead. <laughs> that's what I, if I decided to play, that's what I was gonna do. I was gonna buy the Celestia event deck, unwrap it, shuffle it, play it. <laughs> Thrag does. Um, but yeah, anyway. So yeah, uh, my first round was against, uh, Junk Aristocrats. And, and that didn't go very well. Um, the only life my opponent lost was just from Shocklands, and he beat me in two games. I'm guessing they were his own Shocklands, too. Uh, yes, they were. Unfortunately, I was unable to reanimate Borborygmos and throw my Shocklands at his head. That's a shame. <laughs> That's not actually something my deck can do. Exactly. That's a shame. <laughs> I would have liked to, now that I think about it, that would have been a really awesome deck to play, but I, I, I guess I didn't think ahead that far. Anyway. <laughs> so that happened, and I was like, uh, and then I was feeling even worse when I got up from my chair and started to walk somewhere else, because as I was looking at the other people playing, because those games ended fast, um, that there were a lot of other people playing the same deck. And I was like, oh, no. But later on, I heard it ended up not doing so well overall. And that was interesting, because it looked like it was a pretty um, good deck just all around and for the day. Um, Weird. My second round was uh, Mariah. I ended up playing uh, three ladies during the course of the day, and they were all very nice, very pleasant opponents. They all whooped my ass. Um Mariah was playing Naya Blitz. That's the primary reason she whooped my ass. Miraculously, in the first game, I was able to do the thing that I can usually do, you know, one out of every five games against Naya Blitz, where I can actually stop the game and turn it around and win. Um, but that didn't work in games two and three. And, uh, yeah, I see on my sheet in, in game two, she just took some damage from Shocklands. In game three, she took, she lost absolutely no life. <laughs> And my life goes all the way down to zero. Uh, She's like, this guy's deck is so bad, I don't even need to accelerate myself a turn. 
They'll come in tap. Yeah, pretty much. And and this 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 was this was around where um for some reason I just made the really boneheaded mistake of of actually keeping an opening hand that didn't have two and three mana cost removal. Um which represent like somewhere between fourteen and sixteen cards in my deck. Removal that costs either two or three mana. So I should have gone again and tried for the cheap removal instead of keeping that opening hand. That was my big failing for that round. Let's see. Round two was Ronnie. Ronnie was a really cool guy. Brian Ronnie was the guy who came and um, talked to us later when we were out standing around the taco truck. Um, Did you say taco truck? Yeah, there was a taco truck parked outside Atomic Empire. Yep. Jesus, and, I miss everything. Yeah, and, and Brian found out about it when he went to the car to get go get some Gatorade, and he said, hey, there's food out here. I'm like, okay, and I go out there, and I'm like, wow. And in between rounds, I got a big burrito, and it was it was the best crappy event food I've ever had, I think. Yeah, that's what he that that's what he said at that time too. So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Ronnie was playing red black vampires, and uh, I didn't lose this one. I didn't lose this one actually. I won this match somehow, even though for all uh, for all the reasons that any intelligent person could think about, he should have smashed me. But um, uh, I, I lost the first game pretty hard, which is what I expected to happen in the others. Uh, in the second round, in, in the second game, his life actually stays at 20, but I got the game into such a hard lockdown that he actually just conceded and decided to go on to game three. Um, he told me he had only been playing for uh, maybe a few months, so I'm guessing that's why he didn't have it in his head. It's like, no, if you win the first game against the grindy control, make them play out the other rounds if it gets really bad, because you might just take the round of time. And um, and and draw instead of losing if somehow they uh, they manage to beat you. Hmm. But yeah, also I think from being a new player, that's why he was also very friendly and cordial and a little more laid back. So this was a very enjoyable round to play. Um, the, the the third game was was one of my games that went to time, and um, <laughs> I ended up getting the the Tamiyo emblem at one point in that game, and to close up the game. Because he had used slaughter games to to rip um, Nicobolos and Rakdos's return out of my deck, so he was taking out the direct damage that I could have used against him. I started using the Failure Drown Yard on myself to try to speed through the deck to find a copy of Turn and Burn to start burning him out. You know, while I had the Tamio Emblem. So and then finally on his uh, his turn four of extra time was one of his turns. So finally, at the end of that turn, I was able to, you know, take the turn and burn that I had finally found and say, okay, burn you six times for 12 damage, untap, you're dead. <laughs> Except I didn't actually say burn you six times. At first I tried to say, turn and burn you six times, and he looked at me like I was an idiot, because I was. Biggest idiot ever? Yeah, and I said, uh, turn you six times. And he said, what? I said, uh, burn you six times. Burn, burn, 12 damage. Burn you six times, and I finally got it right. <laughs> and we all, and he said his friends actually gave him crap about it later for not being like, judge and trying to get me for some kind of game rule violation or something. I'm glad he didn't, I'm glad he didn't do that because his friends were stupid. Because me saying, you know, turn you six times for 12 damage obviously doesn't make any sense. I'm not trying to make an illegal play. I'm just not saying the right thing, <laughs> and it's obvious what and it's obvious what I'm trying to do. 
You had the right card. It's just that you were saying it wrong. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> mouth. And I had my thumb over the burn half of the spell when I was holding it out there. So, yeah. Anyway. Let's see. <laughs> Round four. Um, Sheedy face. Yeah, exactly. Round four. Uh, Anna was also playing Naya Blitz and just flattened me into the pavement. There's no, there's hardly anything to talk about here. I mean, that's what Night Blitz kind of does. Yeah, that's what it does. Didn't you mention to me later that um, you wouldn't have minded playing a Night Blitz deck yourself? Yeah, I thought about it later. I'm like, you know, if I had if I had thought more about what I like to play, I probably just would have played Night Blitz. Because it's like, oh, uh, this guy is sideways, blah, blah, blah. Burn you, Boros Charm, ha, 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 you know. <laughs> so if, if, if I had had the time and if I had made the right choice, you know, a couple months ago, I would have just been playing Nihilus this whole time. But whatever. Let's see. Round five, I thought I was going to play Brandon, but then um, a judge came over to our table and was like, so somehow some drops didn't get processed correctly and we need to repair some people. Like, literally, they only repaired, like, uh, the people at four tables and condensed them into two tables. Like, that's all they did. They didn't do anyone else. So so they said, okay, so this game that you're playing right now didn't happen. Um, pick up your stuff. I'll tell you what table you're supposed to be at. So I'm like, okay. So instead of playing Brandon, I got to play Louise, and we got a 12-minute time extension, which we didn't need. Um, <laughs> Can I guess why? Can I guess? Can I guess? Because <laughs> I lost. <laughs> he was playing a really cool Gol- Golgari control deck. Um, I didn't actually know what it was in the first game. When I won the first game, he was still at 16 life, and he just uh, conceded because I had the game in this hard lockdown, and he didn't have any cards left in his hand, and he just wanted to get on with it and not waste a lot of time in the match. Um but he certainly came back to beat the crap out of me in uh, in game two, and um, game three didn't go much better for me. Game three, part of what helped him was that he was able to stick a dead bridge chant, so he got to draw some cool extra cards several turns in a row along the way, and um, and Liliana wasn't hurting him as much anymore since you know he was just going to get the card back, <laughs> you know at at random he wasn't guaranteed but he was going to get it back, yeah. um, and. Jarolf's Messenger came back to haunt me and laugh in my face. Jarolf's Messenger was the bane of my existence back when I was playing that big red deck. I saw the end of this round. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's worse for me than Thragtusk to deal with, honestly. Well, you were also missing a color of mana, right? You were missing black? That was an issue for one of those games. I was either missing black or red. I can't remember. I think, I think it was black because I was like, why doesn't he just cast... Oh... Yeah, I can't remember what happened. But yeah, so that was bad. Um, round six, <laughs> uh, Ian was one of at least two people, possibly three or four, who were playing uh, an elf combo deck. Basically, they had taken the legacy elf combo deck and just replaced the legacy only cards with standard legal stuff. Um, you know, like instead of Glimpse of Nature, they were playing uh, the back half of Beck and Call. And they also had Soul of the Harvest to help out. And that was pretty interesting. I didn't know, I didn't know what his deck was, um, in the first game because he didn't get the combo out and I was able to disrupt him 
and hit him and stall the game long enough to hit him with Nicol Bolas's ultimate, at, at which point he just kind of gave up. Um, like you do. Yeah, because he didn't have anything going on. Uh, and then he, he hit me with the combo in, in game two. Uh, I wasn't thinking and I wasn't counting damage or doing other things and I missed my chance to kill, um, his, oh, what's the, Elvish Arch Druid when I should have. And that really started screwing me over. So not having killed the Elvish Arch Druid let me see the combo. Um, you know, pile on elves, draw a bunch of cards, and then use, uh, what's it called? Surge of Strength. For one green, untap a creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. To untap the Arch Druid, make a bunch more mana, and play a bunch more stuff, keep drawing cards, and eventually, Craterhood Payment, screw you, I win. As the Elf Combo deck does. And a similar thing happened in game three. <laughs> he, he got me. He just got me. Uh, but thankfully, after having played his deck, I, I knew what I was doing when I was up against Rachel in round seven. She was playing the same deck. Um, this is this is interesting. Uh, the, this 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 went to time, and, and this was my tie. Game three ended in a perfect tie. We were both still at twenty when it was over. Um, game one ended with me going from twenty to dead. When she was able to suddenly do the elf, 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 crater, crater, behemoth thing, and I wasn't able to stop her. And game two went for such a long time, and actually ended with all sixty of her cards in her graveyard. When what? It was, yes, that really happened. All sixty of her cards were in her graveyard because I had. Uh, first I had a Nefalia Drown Yard running for a while. Then I had two Nefalia Drown Yards running for a while with enough mana to activate them. And finally, right before the game was over, when I activated Nicol Bolas, you know, her hand was gone. She only had six permanents on the field, and I used the Drown Yards to, to take the last four cards of her deck and put them into her graveyard. So all 60 of her cards ended up in the graveyard when that, when game two was over. I have never done that to a person before. Ever. That is crazy. <laughs> I know. I was really proud of myself. <laughs> but I only tied that round. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, though, that I got to play um, Ian and Rachel because, you know, they're the kind of people that, that we would think were cool and would enjoy playing with on a regular basis just because. And I think you know what I mean by that. Not yeah. the usual kind of people you meet at things like that. Um so finally, round eight, I actually won this one. I was playing Jake. He also was playing Golgari Control. Um, I couldn't tell if he was playing uh, of the same list as Louise or something similar or something different. But um, I, I won the first game just from the grind. Uh, Ral Zarek's bolt is really, really good. Like, really good. Like, I never ended up plussing him up enough to even get close to the minus seven because... The bolt was just really useful for closing the game, especially if I also had Nicobolas, because together they can actually end the game in a decent amount of time, because 7 plus 3 plus 7 plus 3 is 20, so the game is actually over. I don't have to activate Nicobolas three times <laughs> to to get to get the opponent dead. So that's pleasant. Um, and a similar thing happened in the second game, and I actually won that one in two. But uh, unfortunately, this was the game where something that had been biting at the back of my brain for several weeks finally 
came around full, uh, full and, and made me, you know, look at it face to face. Sitting there and being the bad guy with the grindy control deck that completely locks the other person out of the game and sucks all the fun out of the room and seeing the despair in the other person's face for the entire length of the round is just awful. And I really did feel like a bad person for, for doing that. And I seriously regretted building the deck and taking it to this event. Not just because I lost so hard, but because I was that guy. <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's why I'm laughing. It's, yeah. <laughs> it shows that no matter what uh, Clues uh, has told me in the past, you actually are a decent person with a soul. Oh. Loser, get off my show. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was my day. And then I got a beer. Was he good? It was. <laughs> Excellent. And then I made a massive trade with um, with some guys who came by and asked if we had trade stuff. And it ended up trading away um, my voice mm-hmm. and a big-ass stack of stuff that the guy wanted for Commander for a set of Geist of St. Traft. And I'm very happy that that happened. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Brian was talking about... Talking about a deck and then um, seeing it a few days later in the Star City Games newsletter. Um, Monday morning, while I was just walking around the apartment, getting ready, you know, eating breakfast, getting dressed, whatever, I started to think, you know, now that I have those guys, maybe I can do a hexproof deck. It's like, well, I don't want to do a man hexproof. Maybe I can do a hexproof deck with red instead of green. That'd be pretty fun because then I'd play Boris Charm and Searing Spear and a couple other things. And that day... The daily deck on the mothership was red hexproof. I'm like, <laughs> and usually that would be enough to discourage me from building the deck that it was acknowledged in somewhere mainstream. But no, I, I think this time I should take that as a sign that my idea wasn't completely stupid. There you go. And then maybe I should try it out. Yeah, don't don't be a hipster. Oh man, I had this idea before it was on MT, uh, daily MTG. Man. I think it's just because I want to avoid the perception of net decking as much as possible. Yeah. But I just need to be honest with myself. No, I really did have this idea independently. But now I have a template that a much better deck builder than I am has has put together for me to go by. Uh-huh. Because I'm not that great of a deck builder, to be honest. Hmm. We still love you, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. Right, guys? Right. Brian does not love you. Long time. Long time. Wow. Maybe a short time. So, hey, Derek, what did you do? Five, ten minutes? <laughs> what did you do last Saturday? Uh, Saturday. I thought of Dirk when I was hearing about the games uh, with with Mike and the elves. Oh. <laughs> um, no, that was Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been awesome. Um, uh, Saturday, the family, uh, a lot of family and relatives came out. We had the, at church, we had the, the baby blessing for Layton, but everyone also celebrated my birthday too, so. Okay, cool. But yeah, that's all I remember happening on Sunday. Saturday, I have no idea. I'm sure I was busy. It was all a blur. I can't remember back that far at this point. Did you say birthday? Did I miss your birthday there? Yeah, my birthday was a week ago. Really? Mm-hmm. 
did we record on your birthday? Or the day before, it looks like? I think it was the day before. Did Did you mention anything? No, because I completely forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a sign that we are getting old. Is that one, Dirk completely forgot that it was his birthday tomorrow. And two, he didn't care when at least one of, of his good friends also didn't realize it. <laughs> Well, usually, you know, everyone does this thing on Facebook where they're like, hey, so was those birthday? I don't put that on Facebook. Or at least I didn't, I don't make it known on Facebook because that's how people get a hold of like personal information. Because one of the things they, one of the key things they always ask for is, what's your birth date? Yeah. I don't put that on there so no one can get a hold of it. And I don't, I don't know anybody's birthday. Like, I don't. Like, okay, I am 32, and I still cannot remember which day is mom's birthday. Like, that's bad. Thank you. I'm not the only one. Yeah, I can remember mine and my old man's and occasionally um, my cousin, the boy. About every third year, I remember his birthday before it happens. But mom's is, I know it's June's, (laughs) it's either the 16th or it's the 17th. (laughs) It's it's the seventeenth because she told me she's like yeah so come over Sunday and we'll do the Father's Day thing and my birthday and I was like your birthday she's like yeah it's Monday and I was like what oh my God we're halfway through June where the hell did the month go that was my cover you see <laughs> she's like snuck up on you didn't it I was like yeah it did <laughs> that's pretty slick thank you thank you I am pretty slick it turns out <laughs> huh well then well that Saturday. So, okay, Mike came over. I was really tired. Last week kicked my ass, right? And uh-huh. I was like, Mike, I might not go, so I'm going to need a way to get Brian these cards. He's like, yeah. I was like, hey, you want to come over? We'll have dinner. He's like, yes. Yeah. So we went to Don Juan and had dinner, and we're sitting here, and I gave him the cards. And I was like, so how are you guys doing this? He's like, Brian's going to be at my place at 730. And right then, like, my expression changed, and I heard the sound of glass shattering. And I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> like, I don't even have to be at work by 7.30 <laughs> on a work day where I get paid to be there. I was like, I there's no way that I can possibly be at your place by 7.30 to make it. And he was like, well, okay. So I slept. Sadly, I didn't sleep late. I slept till like 9.30. And then over the course of the day, I posted shows because that's what I do all the freaking time. That's what I'm doing right now, in fact. While they were talking about... um. Uh, uh, the PTQ, I'm sitting over here posting four shows. Like, really? I can't even do my own show. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah, multitasking like a mother. But, uh, and then, then I had a date with a cougar. But that was later that night. And that, it sounds a lot more impressive that way than an old friend of mine that I, I used to work with and I went out uh, and had dinner. So I had a date with a cougar. That sounds much more impressive. Yeah. She got her daughter my age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does her daughter have an aunt? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just I just made that clear. Yes, actually, I don't I don't know. Anyway, so I think we should stop now, have a quick musical break, and come back for this topic that I've been wanting to do for like a month. So yeah, he's literally been salivating. I have, and and salivating. the thing is, I have I wanted it to be uh very uh. What's the word? Spontaneous? So I've actually done no studying or work for it. I want us to actually just hoo ha ha about it while we're here. But uh, something that 
every time I hear it now, it makes me think of Mike, and I don't, I, I don't know why. I think it's because I heard it once with Mike, and Mike was like, "Man, this is really good." And I was like, "Yeah," but this is actually this is gonna sound really bizarre for this show, but trust me on this. This is "No Love" by Eminem. It's part of the uh, the mm. Lil Wayne verse. It's really good. That's a good song. That's a really good song. See. I didn't know it was Lil Wayne until I was like, hey, I'm going to use this on the episode next time we record. I should look up who that guy is saying. It's Lil Wayne? What? <laughs> you couldn't tell? I, did, I don't I Dude, I don't know Lil Wayne. As far, all With I know the weird sound like, of his voice and all the bizarre crap that keeps coming out of his mouth? Yeah, no, I, I have no frame of reference because I don't actually listen to anything that Lil Wayne does and realize it's him. <laughs> all I know is he's that jackass that walks around with the cough syrup getting stoned or something. <laughs> What a jackass. Don't do drugs, kids. If you're going to do drugs, do real drugs. What the hell? <laughs> Drink a beer if you're 21 or older and in moderation and <clears throat> not when you're driving. Stay off drugs, kids. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never I do drugs. <laughs> Back in my day when we did drugs, <laughs> we took a hammer and knocked ourselves in the head six or eight dozen times. That was drugs. Uphill, both ways. Anyway, don't do drugs for God's sake. <laughs> See what drugs do to you. <laughs> anyway, right, so no love, Eminem, part of the Lil Wayne verse. It is really good. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Yeah, my life a bitch, but you know nothing about her. Been to hell and back, I can show you vouchers. I'm rolling sweets, I'm smoking sour, married to the game. But she broke her vows That's why my bars are full of broken bottles And my nightstands are full of open bottles uh, I think about more than I forget But I don't go around fire expecting not to sweat Yay, Lil Wayne Not yay Lil Wayne, actually, yay that song Screw, <laughs> screw Lil Wayne a lot So, the idea that I had a long time ago is and and like a long time ago, like the first of the two weeks we took off, I think, right? Yeah, that's correct. Wow. Okay. Was I was watching some old episodes of the Nostalgia Critic. If anyone doesn't know this, the Nostalgia Critic one, he does movie reviews, and two, he's a horrible, horrible person. He's gotten better over the years. When he started, he was just a you know angry idiot with a, a webcam and something to say. But he has since become uh much more three-dimensional than that uh, as a character uh-huh. and as a guy who, you know, technologically and all that. But anyway, he started up something a while back called Old versus New, where he took, like, for instance, the Ten Commandments versus uh, Prince of Egypt, and he compared different aspects, you know, casting and story and all of that, to figure out which was better, old or new. And he's done this for several, like, old versus new type of things, and every one of them I really enjoyed Really enjoy it. Like Superman Returns versus Man of Steel? Uh, no, that was a sequel. And I'm wait, just kidding. Man of, wait, Man of Steel, that isn't out yet. Did no, it come out? It came out Friday. And, and, no, it comes out this Friday. And, oh, this uh, and Superman Returns isn't really all that old, but I'm just messing with you. Oh, Keep yeah. going. But yeah, he, uh, <laughs> that's the, the first one that popped into mind. He, I think he did a Batman one for, uh, you know, Michael Keaton versus, uh, Christian Angry Guy. Yeah, that's his name. And it was it's just really cool. And I uh I've kept that in the back of my mind as a way to do something. And it never I never had anything to do with it. And then they went to Return to Ravnica and it still didn't click until like a month ago. So <laughs> I thought we would take a look. First I was thinking we'd do 
Old versus new, Ravnica, City of Guild versus Return to Ravnica. Dun, dun, dun. The more I thought about it, the more I realized that this was not going to fit in one episode. So I pitched it to the guys. They were like, this one's great. And eventually we decided we'll just do a guild at a time. Or two, with time allow. You know, uh, I doubt time will allow, so we'll just do one. So Brian's idea, I think it was Brian, was that we should start with Selesnia. Because it was in the first set of both blocks. Yes, it was my idea. I love taking credit for things that are actually mine. Yeah. Yes. Selesnia, the guild of green and white, of nature and leaving nature the hell alone. Or actually tending nature a little bit, you know, like gardens and things. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Something. Gruel is more the leave it the hell alone type. Like really, like really leave it the hell alone or it's going to step all over you. This is more, (laughs) you know, leave it alone, let it grow, but kind of. Push it along a little bit, you Be know. Be a hippie, smoke lots of, uh, what do you, what, what's a plant in, in the magic? Lotus? Nightshade? Nightshade? <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Half of them are probably sentient anyway, so, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so, do we want to start by talking about the mechanics? Like, so especially yeah, the let's, keywords? Let's kick it off with the, uh, the guild mechanic for each one. So in original Selesnia, it was Convoke. Mm-hmm. And Convoke says, Each creature you tap while playing this spell... I guess now it would be casting this spell. Let me open mm-hmm. one of these up. Each creature you tap while casting this spell reduces its cost by one colorless, or by one mana of that creature's color. So there's a way to potentially play spells for either reduced cost or even free. Uh, but... The only, but the reason that this isn't completely broken, like affinity and some of those other free mechanics, is because you actually have to have creatures out, and to actually cast colored spells for free, you need to have out colored creatures. So you can't lay out ten ornithopters and get an um a worm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it had lots of support, you know, just like the new Selesnya that everyone's more familiar with. It had lots of token making. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it token was in it, it was definitely... It's, it's interesting, though. All of the tokens, except for one card, all of the tokens make sapling tokens. Transluminant really? makes a spirit, but that's the only one. It's not... A, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Tulsimir Wolfblood makes Voja. A wolf. But that, yeah. but that barely counts. But otherwise, all the others in original Ravnica block were saplings. Really? They were all saps? No kidding. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, yeah. Wow. Trans- yeah, because that was the... From from a flavor mechanic, that from a flavor perspective, that was how the guild operated. Was it put out all these little saps, and they were plants, and and it was a living, breathing guild, literally, because it was the little saplings up, which is going to be in a bit of a contrast to what we have now. Whereas there's more of an influence, uh, uh, more of a just fat. Yeah, just animals everywhere. Animals everywhere. Let's go with uh, that. And lots of tokens, whereas previously it was tokens, but it was also lots of duders. And then when you get tokens, they're saps. Yeah. That was a good call. Like, one of the signature cards of the of the guild was Scatter the Seeds. You remember Scatter the Seeds? It was like the quintessential Selesnia card. For three and two green, it's an instant common Put three one one green sapling creature tokens on into into play or onto the battlefield, and it had convoke. So if you already had out five guys, you could get it for free. But you know, most often you were playing it like on turn three or four when you had a guy or two out, 
And as an instant, it was great because three guys, that actually adds up. That's a decent combat trick. Or do it yeah. and then all of a sudden untap and I've got three more attackers. Yeah, it was always pretty embarrassing to just run right into a scatter of the seeds. <laughs> but I mean, I had a, a Selesnya deck and definitely ran four of those. Um, because it, that, that so embodied what the, what the guild was doing. So, yes, convoke. Do we want to switch over to turn to Ravnica, or do we want to focus on to, to compare, or do we want yeah. to focus on... Yeah, we're, we're comparing, so we'll go back okay. and forth. All right. So, so now the their, their new mechanic is populate, which is... Well, I don't have the exact wording for right. Oh, look, I can click over to this thing, and it tells me the exact wording. <laughs> the, uh, the exact wording... Where's a stupid thing with populate? Oh, my God. I'm populate so, okay. says... Put, put a, a token, token onto, onto the battlefield. The battlefield. That's, a that's a copy of the of a token. token you can. <laughs> come on, come on, we're almost done. You, you control. Troll. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we got that far. <laughs> oh, so, you've still got the emphasis on tokens, but this time it's more make a variety of tokens. Make one ones. Make two twos. Make three threes. Make well, I don't know how many four fours there are, but make five fives. Oh my god, make five fives. What? There's some rhinos, four fours. Oh yeah. Okay. But mostly make some three threes and definitely make some five fives. Plus, or, or make some XXs. Star stars. Star 69. I'm not sure. Um, back, son. So it's still play out a bunch of guys. But it's not necessarily play out a bunch of little guys. It's play out a bunch of different guys. I feel like the original Selesnya might have been faster at just spilling out dudes. I mean, Convoke definitely helps with that. You're playing things at a lower cost than you would normally. Even if they're, even if effects cost a little more because they have Convoke, you're still, you're, you're playing smaller guys and you're playing hordes of them. Yeah, um, you could get out guys faster, but if you were actually bothering to use Convoke, it's it slowed your game down a little bit because yeah, now all your guys are tapped. Yeah, but then you can untap and have a bunch of guys. I find it interesting that Collective Blessing is in Return to Ravnica, which is that plus three, plus three anthem uh, versus being in the original Ravnica because it would have fit right in with the original Ravnica. Play a bunch of guys, convoke a lot of guys, and then all your little guys are not so little. You do have Overwhelm, which is an overrun. It costs seven, but it's got convoke. It doesn't give trample, um, but that is there for that. But I find it interesting that the permanent pump is in return to Ravnica. But that would actually go... That's one of those cards that obviously we'll talk a little bit about new cards that would have worked really well in the past, that obviously would work, would have worked really, really well with playing out all these saps. Yeah. yeah all of these make a sapling effects, if they all said make a rhino instead, that'd be pretty crazy. But, but yeah. now both, uh, both, um, both versions of the guild do have bigger creatures. They, mm-hmm. you know, white and green definitely specialize in having some top curve guys. It's just interesting because in Return to Ravnica, you're using some of your smaller creatures to help power out the big ones through Convoke. Sp- thinking specifically about the worm with the first name that I can't ever pronounce correctly. Autochthon. Yeah, Autochthon worm. Autochthon worm. 
which costs 10 colorless. That's right. If you've never seen this before, 10 colorless, 3 green, and 2 white mana. And it is a 9-14 with trample. Pretty hefty. Pretty hefty. Nowadays, instead of that, the, the flip side to that, of course, is something like Armada Worm, which for 6 is a 5-5 with trample that gets you a 5-5 with trample token. So Yeah, I don't know if you mentioned that the Autochthon word had to convoke. Yeah. Did I not? I think you did. I, I, okay. So, obviously, the Armada Worm is, you know, the, they are comparable in terms of size if you mash both worms together, although the uh, the old worm is going to be able to live through two worms and still kill one of them. But the Armada, <laughs> but the Armada Worm costs six all the time. The Autochthon... The the other worm, the older worm, um, costs more a lot of the time and less a little bit of the time. The the elder worm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the things, uh, something to really compare. uh, This actually has nothing to do with mechanic. Never mind. (laughs) But then, aside from the rare cards, you've still got stuff like Guardian of Vitugazi. Again, in the kind of bigger creature range, in the old, and of course both have their Watch Wolf. Return to uh, Ravnica actually has Watch Wolf, which for a green and a white is a three-three wolf creature. Whereas in the Return to Ravnica, it's Call of the Conclave, which for a white and green puts a three-three green centaur creature token onto the battlefield because the three-threes are centaurs, so it can't be a wolf, but both do almost exactly the same thing, but Call of the Conclave plays a little better with Populate. But it's clearly, it's not just a nod to Watch Wolf. They're, that's, it's not at all subtle. It's like me, not at all subtle. It's like, hey, <laughs> it's Watch Wolf, but a token, guys. Do you get it? Do you understand? <laughs> hey, Vegeta. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I think it's a Pokemon. <laughs> um, this time, uh, in, in old Revnica, we got Loxodon Hierarch, which for four was a 4-4 Elephant Cleric that got you four life when it came in onto the battlefield, and you could pay a white and green and sack it to regenerate each creature you control. This guy was huge, because this is back at a time when you weren't... We were talking earlier about how we're a little spoiled now by, oh, you know, it's a 6-6 for 6 with all these relevant things. This was in a time when your a creature's stats being equal to its converted mana cost was not always the case. So this was huge, and damage went on the stack. So you could literally attack with some, with some guys. After blockers, you put damage on the stack waiting to resolve, and then you could sack the creature, sacrifice them, burn them out, do whatever you want, and the damage would still be dealt. So you play with this guy, you you get four points worth of damage, and then you still get to save all your other guys if it's going to die. And it's the four life, which really sets aggro decks back. Um, This time we've got the smiter, which has nothing to do with life gain at all, but is a 4-4 for three that can't be countered. It's highly unfair as well. Yeah, and if someone makes you discard him, he just jumps right onto the battlefield. Yep. So 
both of them kind of have their Loxodon, you know, awesomeness. The Smiter is a soldier. The Hierarch is a cleric. There's also a little bit of comparison with uh, the Centaur Healer because from Return to Ravnica, because it's a 3-3 three, three for 3 that gets you 3 life. So it's common, so it's not going to have all those other nifty abilities, but it kind of harkens back to that too. And that also sees a decent amount of play, especially against aggro decks. So. You guys remember, uh, speaking of old Ravnica cards that were played a lot, you guys remember the Selesnia Evangel? Yeah. Yes. Especially so, limited. Yeah. For for a white and a green, it's a one two elf shaman. Pay one, tap it, and tap an untapped creature you control to get a sap. And you know, list, just reading that off, it doesn't sound that good because you have to pay mana and tap it and tap another creature to get a sap. But sap a turn, man. <laughs> Especially when these decks usually had the the whole world clogged up and they didn't care that they had to tap two guys. Yeah. It was because you just do it at the end of your opponent's turn anyway. Exactly. Yeah, it was bad. Okay, I'll block with my sap. Oh, I'll tap him, and this advantage will make another sap. Huh. And then you start twitching. Like, oh, I'll never. But uh, the evangel really, especially at common, it really was the way you played uh, Selesnya Limited. And mm-hmm. this, I have not played any limited other than the freaking pre-release, but. It looks like the way you play limited, and this one is just make some tokens and then populate. Yeah, well, and if you can't do that, then just beat face with all the other good creatures you pulled. Yeah, that's true. Although Selesnya itself, hmm, it looks like without the the creatures and populating, or without the tokens and populating, the creatures in Selesnya themselves are mostly kind of meh. Well, no, I mean, I'm also counting the spells that just um, make a token without necessarily populating. Oh, right. I'm right. counting those as creatures, too, basically. Right. You know, okay. like Call of the Conclave counts as a creature. Okay, now that I've scrolled down, okay, yeah, you're right, because even if I was in the skies, just makes two birds. <laughs> That's two birds! <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, going back to the mechanic, it looks like Convoke is something they tacked on to spells and creatures just so maybe you could play them for cheaper, you know. Uh, other than Scatter the Seeds, most of them were kind of meh. <laughs> yeah, they're not all that great. I mean, sometimes it was sometimes it was useful for me to be able to convoke Court of Calling, but um, well, okay, yeah, you know, that since, is a bit since it's an X spell, but you know, otherwise, convoke was a pretty limited usefulness to me. Yeah, gather blood. courage was really good with convoke. Gather, gather courage, is awesome. Yeah, for it's a plus two plus two at instant speed for a target creature for a single green, so you could tap a sap. Bleh. There was I, I remember I was playing in some tournament. And um guy goes, turn one forest, birds, go. And I'm like, okay, great. I've got the best answer for that. So I go, turn one, play a black source. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what I played. I don't remember. But let's, uh, let's say play it, play red source. And I tried to shock it. And he's like, well, I'll, uh, I'll pump it. And I'm like, you can't do that as summoning sickness. He's like, no, it's being convoked. I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> Even though I lost, that's still awesome. What were you about to say, Dirt? Oh, I was just, uh, like, most of the stuff that had Convoke and everything was kind of overpriced. Yeah, so, it's like they tried to balance the Convoke. Right. The Like, Convoke would have been not so bad. Well, no. Convoke, I just didn't like Convoke very much because, yes, it had the, the cards from it were not that bad, except that the if you didn't have any creatures, if someone was going through and clearing out your creatures, if you couldn't keep the little saplings on the battlefield, Convoke 
kind of shot you in the foot. Because, mm. you know, the uh, Autocothan worm, he's almost impossible to put out without Convoke. Unless yeah. you've got a trick to put him, bring him yeah. in. Unless you're cheating. Yeah, like, I've got, I had a way of cheating him in, but. And, and, and casting him for the full mana price is totally not worth it. Yeah, even back then, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Well, I guess if it won you the game, it was sort of worth it, but in the, the grand scheme of things, no. There's better things you can do for that much mana. Like, you can yeah. tooth and nail with Entwine for that much mana and have some left over. Yeah. <laughs> But, oh, yeah. here's a, here's uh, here's another one that I would actually convoke regularly. Hour of Reckoning costs three white and four oh, yeah. for a sorcery with convoke. Destroy all non-token creatures. So you would convoke with all of your non-token creatures because they're going to yeah. die anyway. Yeah, they're going to die anyway, and then I just got to play cheap wrath, so I have plenty of mana left over to do some other things before my turn's over. Yeah, like play more guys. So there were a few convoke spells that were awesome, but for the most part, they were kind of underwhelming. No, like Sundering Vitae is uh it's a naturalize, but it has convoke, so they made it cost one more. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, that that was just a dumb call. Yeah. Well, so, and the the thing about old Selesnian, and Brian had already mentioned this, is that it's if you look at a lot of what it is, convoke is the big big mechanic that most of them are running, but there's a lot of the one one sapperling creation going on there are the big creatures and there are the handful of small creatures but for the most part it's it's either the meek or the mighty there's not very there's not a lot of gray in between mm. and that's definitely not what you see in return to ravnica yeah, you actually they, they see a from, spread there yeah yeah there's hardly anything with uh three or four power in the in the old one it's mostly just one two and then five and up and then, but in, Convoke was a neat little thing because, yeah, you got these little sapperlings, you'd be able to do that, and it, and it met sort of what the, the, the lore of, of Selesny at that type, where it was, oh, we're going to call something from, call something into nature, we're going to sort of create something, whereas I think Populate does more into, speaks better of Selesnia where it's, you know, they're the, the protectors of life. Uh-huh. And to say, we're going to take this life and we're going to make more of it. Populate mechanically speaks, or, you know, uh, I'm missing the word. You know, I know what you're trying to say, but I'm missing it too. Yeah, it's weird because I totally understand what you're saying. Regardless. Yeah. But, you know, like flavor wise. There we go. That's what I was wanting. Flavor wise, um, Populate fits more in with Selesnia. Because it's, again, you're wanting to make life. You want to bring about life. So flavor-wise, Populate fits better in than Convoke. Yow, chicka, wow, wow. <laughs> Whether now, there's two there or not. He's not just saying this because he did, in fact, Populate. <laughs> it's like, what? make a kid and then Populate. <laughs> gotcha. Now, speaking of Populate, it looks like Populate was used... In the way they they wanted to use Convoke but failed, Populate is either a bonus, like, for instance, uh, the Rootborn whatever. What's it called? Rootborn Defenses. Rootborn Defenses, which yeah. It, it makes your creatures indestructible this turn, and you get a, a Populate. So it works by itself, but you can get another dude if you so choose, if you have the ability, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's better-er. 
Right. Whereas Convoke is just tied into the casting of the creature. You don't actually get anything yeah. extra out of it. And like Brian, uh, like Dirk said, if you're if you're out of creatures, then you know convoking, they, looking at something with Convoke, you're really this sucks. This really sucks. <laughs> but so it's either a bonus like Rudeborn Defenses, or it's there to make things even more better, like Corsair's Accord, which yes. for six mana gets you a three three centaur, and then you populate. So for six mana, you could get six power worth of dudes, or you could get like a 3-3 and another flyer, or you could get a 3-3 and something bigger, you know? Yeah. So it's it's even... Like, it, it works with that card to make that card worth playing, or it works with other stuff you already have to make the to make that card even better, you know? Convo- uh, Populate is also kind of a more Johnny-ish mechanic, too, because you can start comboing, going into other colors, other, other things, like, uh, what's the um, tackling counterpart? from Innistrad Block gets you a token copy of another creature. You've also got Rite of Replication from Zendikar Block, which gets you a token copy of another creature. Well, that's a token. So now you can combo with that with other things. Convoke doesn't really combo with other things. Play more dudes! Play more dudes! It it might be a little more Johnny-ish if they had printed something that was like creature cards in your hand... Uh, have convoke, uh, but they didn't do anything like that. They the, they had kind of a bonus to convoke with the guild leaders. Now I guess we can compare the guild leaders yep. uh, of of Ravnica. It was the chorus of the conclave, which was you know the kind of the the voice of the. I it's kind of hard to describe, but Selesnia doesn't what nothing. Okay. So Lesnia doesn't have a single figurehead leader. It's the, it's the conclave. It's the, it's the whole, it's, it's everybody. It's no, no one person speaks for the collective. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, it's the collective. If you, if you want to be really skeptical of it, um, it's the compound. This is the cult. And you know, we are one. We are one. Uh, but the chorus was a select group of but the cor- the chorus was a select group of dryads that kind of had the the leadership role and um as represented on a card they cost 8 4 2 green 2 white uh 3 8 dryad lord wow lord that's is it still a dryad lord it is I no it's it. just a dryad okay. no okay a lord a retired creature type okay um it was a lord it has forest walk for all that you know Three power for eight, you know. But the real bonus is in, in that ability. As an additional cost to cast creature spells, you may pay any amount of mana. If you do, that creature enters the battlefield with that many additional plus one plus one counters on it. So what that means is obviously with Convoke, let's say right next to it you've got the Conclave Equinaut, which costs six, but it's a 3-3 flyer with Convoke. If you have six mana, but you have three guys, you convoke it out, you use your three guys to lower its cost, but you still pay six, and then it comes in with three plus one plus one counters. So it combos well with the mechanic, so that you get your guys, which are cheaper, come in bigger. The only downside to this is it costs eight to play, (laughs) so unless you're cheating it out... Or unless you're holding all of your creatures waiting to to get to eight, 
it's going to be really tough to then play lots of guys and get lots of benefit. But still, it is nice for that effect. And, and even if you're not playing with Convoke specifically, you can always say, well, I've got a five-cost guy and I've got eight mana, so let's throw them out there. Yeah, because once, once the course of the Conclave is on the board, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's not, it doesn't get ridiculous fast because all your mana is getting uh, sunk into each guy, but who? Each guy's so freaking big. And, and you can do weird and interesting things like with this. Untap, play Triskillian. How did I know you were gonna say that? Uh, Untap, play Cold Eye Selkie, who really wants to be bigger. <laughs> yeah, that's kinda scary, actually. It is. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, so who's leading the, uh, the Selesnian now? Somebody else. Uh, nowadays it's Trostani, Selesnian's voice, who basically took over the job that the Corsair's Conclave used to have. Didn't they and, um, die or something? I, I yeah, they died or something. Okay. It was I mean, probably it's still the hard. same basic idea though. Yeah, yeah, same basic idea. Um, you know, uh, the, the World Soul and, and the Par and Mahat Selesnia still talk directly to them, and that's, Part, part of how they got chosen to be the, the to be the leader of the conclave, but um, Tristani actually, I'm sure everyone out there knows what Tristani does, uh, or at least has some idea of it. Tristani actually directly references the the guild keyword. You know, you can pay a white and green one and tap Tristani to populate. So just ta da. So there's no question about whether there's no question about whether Tristani works with the guild mechanic because it's right there. Yeah, this she does. Have what one of the two I think repeatable populate abilities? Um, like I know the guild mage has populate that's repeatable, but I think that's it. Yeah, I don't think there's another one. I think all the others are one shot. Thank goodness, because otherwise it get ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, yeah, Tristani just oh, and she has the ability when another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain life equal to its toughness. Let's not forget that part. And she only yes. costs four. Mm-hmm. I think she wins. Yeah, Tristani is a much better card. Like if if the course of the conclave costs, let's say six, this would be much closer. I think, yeah. but she doesn't. She costs eight. I think they could have gotten away with seven. Maybe six is a little too good. I don't know. I haven't tested it, so but yeah. I think seven would be fine. The difference between seven and eight is just miles apart. Yeah, it's it's way more than one. From a gameplay perspective, but yeah, Tristani, when Tristani hits the field and you don't win, then you're doing something wrong. <laughs> like I hate to say that, but in in a deck with Tristani, that means presumably you've built it properly. Like in limited, especially, so Tristani just wins. She's like, oh, oh, look, you can never hurt me enough to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas in limited, the chorus probably never actually hit the field. Probably not. Yeah. Nope. So, we never actually determined which was better, convoke or populate. Like, or did did we and just not say it? I think we implied that convoke is not as good as populate. Dirk has it. Okay. Yeah, I think we just all understood that instinctively. I've, yeah. I, I think I think we discussed it a little bit. And to be fair, we were kind of being more general and saying this is good for this, this is good for that. But I agree. I think I think populate is just the it's the it wins for me because it's got more potential. Yeah. So. Yes. Out okay. with the old and in with the new. Although it looks know. like new new is up two to nothing. So what's next? 
How about the other legendary creature? The sub, yeah, the 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 ge- the general or whatever it is. And, and this, uh, and, and, oh wait, what's the what's the old one first? Lieutenant. Do what? Lieutenant was it general or lieutenant? I can't remember what. The yeah, well, the all right. Was. In so so to clarify what we're talking about, in the original Ravnica block, in every guild, there was the guild leader who always had two of each mana symbol and its cost. It cost two green and two white and some other number. And then there was the the lesser one, the the subordinate, which had one of each and then some amount of colorless and was usually a smaller creature and was more like a speaker. Um to to talk about like right right now, um we just had gate crash not too long ago. In the Ors Hobbit it hasn't really changed. It's Tessa and the Obsidet and Tessa uh was the subordinate and the uh, what? So wow it has it, has it. <laughs> nope. Well it's because they don't it's die. And the and the Obsidet is the Ghost Council and, and they were the guild later and they still are. Now in Return to Ravnica she's more expensive, but that that was the formula back in in Ravnica. In Return to Ravnica we have the guild leader and then we have the maze runner. Yeah. So so the subordinate in uh Ravnica was Tulsmere Wolfblood. Yeah. Hey Dirk, what's Tulsmere Wolfblood do? <laughs> Everything. <laughs> <laughs> Tulsmere Wolfblood um other green creatures get plus one plus one, other white creatures get plus one plus one, and you tap it and you get a two two green white wolf creature token that's legend that's actually a legendary called Vo- Voja yeah. uh into play. So essentially you tap and you get a two two green white wolf creature that actually as long as Tulsimir's out is a four four. Yeah, I think tap to get a four four seems good. Oh yeah. yeah. Tulsimir was was is and still is one of my generals. Yeah. For one of my decks. For obvious reasons. Namely, yes. Because you're Dirk. Because generally, when you think of a general, a general like a modern day general sort of is the the planner, the strategist, uh, and tacticianer and everything. I think we're actually strategist, tacticianer has to do with combat strategy, has to do with the whole shebang. So actually more of a strategist. And Tulsimir is a general in that sense, because Tulsimir is not the one going out there and kicking butt and taking names. Tulsimir's the one that's like, everybody's powerful. Oh, yeah, you killed the wolf? No problem. I can make another one. You know, I make my army stronger. That's the whole thing that Tulsimir does. Tulsimir's great. Guess what? You killed my Voja. Voja had puppies, and I've been giving him wolf growth hormones. Bam! Brand new and same size. What you gonna do? Yeah, so and on the same flip of the coin, if you do take out Tulsimir, then the army is, de- is demoralized by the act. Ah. Yeah. So Dirk didn't point out that he's a, a three-four that costs four a green and a white. In case anyone miss missed that from back in the day, which is probably most of you, because you're all kids. <sighs> <laughs> Every time I get an email or a tweet or something from, like, a young person, I feel so old. That doesn't mean I don't want you to email or tweet at me. For God's sake, please do. But, man, you make me feel old. <laughs> yeah, we finally had um, a couple emails in the past week for the first time in a... Well, not the, not the first time in a while, but it was strange to have two emails so close to one another. <laughs> I know, right? Send us an email. You know why? It's because we don't say that anymore. That's what it is. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, but anyway, so Tulsimir Wolfblood is ridiculous. He pumps up your dudes. He makes his own dude. He's he's pretty good. Like mm-hmm. a, a, a replaceable four four 
is nothing to sneeze at. You know, you could throw it in front of anything. You can throw it at something and just make a new one. That's crazy. Four fours are not small. <laughs> so, so that's him. Whoa. Amara, is that her? Yeah, and then we have Amara Tandris. Hey, boobs. What? To to be fair, to her credit, Amara Tandris was supposed to have was originally supposed to have the rules text of Voice of Resurgence, but they did, they didn't want to have to make one of the ten Maze Runners mythic while the others were rare, so they had to make something up real quick. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, yeah. that leaves Amara Tandris being not as good as Tulsimir. <laughs> <laughs> not not really. No, definitely not. So what what does she do then, Mike? Real quick. So, um, I guess I should scroll to where I can actually see her, so I don't screw this up. Tamara Tanders. <laughs> uh, where'd she go? There she is. So she costs, uh, seven. You know, five green and a white for five seven legendary elf shaman. Uh, prevent all damage that would be dealt to creature tokens you control. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, as far as they both go, they both work really well with the, the basic idea of token creatures. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he pumps them and she makes them uh, immune to damage, so that's good. Yeah, you should play them both, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you're playing commander, Tulsimir should be the commander. <laughs> yeah, and instead of Amara, don't make Amara the commander if you have Tulsimir. Yeah, but she's really just not. Nah. <laughs> yeah. She was supposed to be better, but oh well. Oh well. Every every other. Uh, podcast that cares about flavor or anything has complained about that to no end, so meh. We are I mean, that, such... That's still not something to, to, to joke about or laugh at because since there is so much not 1-1s in Return to Ravnica, that would ensure... That essentially means that you can be, you know, spreading that army and there's nothing they can do about it unless they take her out. It That is rather demoralizing when they... You, you play her... And you swing with all your tokens, and they're like, oh, well, I thought I could block, and now I guess I can't. That's true. Your opponent will lose all their morbles. (laughs) Because, I mean, the Grove of the Ancients, when you have an 8-8, and you populate it once or twice, and there's no way you can remove it, there's no way you can kill it, is going to just stomp you down, and is really just going to remove a lot of your your mobility and your, your ability to fight back. Hmm. So but, I mean, there it's Imara is not something that you know, to be downplayed. Yeah, it's not she's that pretty she's good, bad. but against Tulsimir, yeah. If it comes down to a one-on-one, you know, one or the other, Tulsimir is probably the one you're going to want to use over her. Yeah, it's not that she's bad. It's just that she's not as good. Right, right. But by herself. Right, right. I think whenever we did the Maze Runner episode, that was the one thing we were all kind of like. Or actually, whenever we were previewing the whole set and everything, it was like, she's great when she's not by herself. Yeah. We just wanted more out of the Maze Runner for Selesnya, really, I think is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. So that's that's one for the old. Hey, 2-1. So what else? There's the... uh, Oh, we should talk about the, the Guild Mage, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the Guild Mages earlier. So, I love the Selesnya Guild Mage, like a lot. Selesnya Guild Mage is awesome. So, the Sele- yeah, that's the only way to put it. The Selesnya Guild Mage, so, okay, Ravnica, City of Guilds, Guild Mages, Ravnica Block. 
they cost two hybrid mana of their colors. They were all two twos, and they all had one ability that was one color and one ability that was the other color. Yeah. So and each ability cost the same total. Really? Did they? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess now that I'm running through them real quick in my head, I guess they did. Cool. So they were very like I'm, I'm sure these were a bitch to make yeah. because trying to balance all of that together on a two-two creature is probably just crazy. Uh, I think for the most part they did fabulous jobs though, so that's good. But the the original guild mages could be played monocolored if uh, wanted or necessary. The new guild mages not so much. But that said, the Selesnya guild mage cost its two green white hybrids uh, was a two-two elf wizard. For three and a green, you put a sap into play, and for three and a white, creatures you control get plus one plus one until end of turn. Now, that doesn't sound like much. And if that doesn't sound like much to you, then obviously you have never been on the other side of the table from a guild mage with four mana to spare. Because or you just haven't had a chance to play it yourself. Yeah, because both of those abilities are completely ridiculous when left unchecked. Completely! Believe it or not, Celestian Guildmate is one of those uncommons where it can just make you win. Yeah. I actually remember I did one, at least one draft where it turned into, I had one out and both of us were kind of stalling, so I was like, Make a sap, make a sap, make a sap, make a sap. Oh, I can start attacking now. Attack. I have the threat of activation. Oh, you don't block or you block, whatever. I pump my guys. Make a sap. Go. And it's one of those cases where it turns drawing excess land into a good thing. Oh, so man, drawing that eighth land when you've got a guild mage, a Selesnia guild mage, is like a light from the heavens parts and shines down on the master sword. Like, I'm not kidding. The ability yeah. to activate Seriously. two of these is so sick. <laughs> yeah. That's another reason why uh, the guild home, um, the, um, not city the sun tree. home, the, the city tree was so good of, like, I can just use this to keep making saps, and I'm not using any spells to do it. So. Yeah. So that's that's the Selesnia guild mage. The, the Video Gazi guild mage is something else. Who's got that? For four, a green and a white... Put a 3-3 green centaur creature token onto the battlefield, and for two green and a white, populate. Yes. And it's it still costs two, but it's a green and a white for a 2-2. Right. Now, the populate is is roughly equivalent. And the populate, again, as has been said, is, like, like with Tristani, populate is a really great mechanic. And this one, you can actually, if you have that four mana open... Or eight mana open, you can make a big. You can make your army. Oh yeah, populate, populate for anything other than a one one makes the that ability better than than the Selesnya Guild Mage, I think. Because it's, it's popping the, the, out like one one flyers with it, or even just two twos. That's still way better than uh, a one one sap. Mm-hmm. You just gotta have something to start with first. Yeah. And if you want something to start with, if you want to use her just for something to start with, you have to make it all the way up to six first. But she, uh, I still think that, that that global pump until end of turn edges out the Selesnya Guild Mage. But I have had way more experience with the Selesnya Guild Mage than the Vidugazi, so I might be wrong. I mean, it's kind of situational. And again, it depends on, like, do you have a, a 3-3 Centaur token to be populating every turn? Because then you don't need the pump exactly. as much. But... Let's not forget the difference in casting costs. The Selesnya Guild Mage 
costs hybrid mana, the V2 Gazi Guild Mage costs a green and a white. In the right decks, it's not, neither one's gonna be too hard, but there's gonna be sometimes where you've got the Guild Mage and three forests in your opening hand. One of those is a lot better opening hand than the other. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But I think if we look at it, okay, let's, let's look at it this way. If you look at it as a card by itself, the Selesnia Guild Mage is better. Because it can do everything it wants to do for mana, just go. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the Video Gazi Guild Mage is pr- probably better, like, one, if you have, like we said, if you have something else to start with, or two, if you have more mana. Because you make a 3-3, and then from then on, you just make 3-3s all, all week. I think in terms of power, V2 Gazi. But in terms of versatility, Selesnya Guild Mage. Yeah. I think, and, I think Dirk hit the nail between the eyes there. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, that's, both of them are really great for what, depending on what you want to do. And, and the whole thing is, is the two of them together. Oh, oh God. <laughs> I mean, the two of them together, um, it's a case of, oh, well, I've got four mana open, or, uh, I've got eight mana open. Well, I can either make a sap, I can make all my stuff plus one, plus one, or I could just populate and make some more stuff. You know, if, it, if you've got the mana available, the, the world, there is no limit to what you can do with either one of the guild mages. Yeah. Hmm. Well, for the sake of keeping this interesting, let's give the nod to the Selesnya guild, ma- guild mage because of the hybrid mana. Maybe? I can go with that. Okay. So that, that brings us to a tie and it's more, it's more interesting that way. Let's go with that. Yeah. So, so now we're 2-2. Oh my god, what else is there? What about the actual extra cards there? Like, the one that come, just jumped out to me was, uh, Tristani's Judgment. Where do you have a white card in the, the original Ravnica that's, that is within this, that actually just exiles a creature? Yeah, the, um, the closest thing is the one that can exile an attacking or blocking creature that has Convoke. The but there's nothing that is straight up, um, huh? Devouring something. Devouring light. Yeah, yeah, there it is. But but there's nothing just says okay that that guy's gone. Yeah. Oh, that has more to do with. Like, hmm. I, I mean, granted, devouring light costs half as much, and you can also convoke it. So. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I was thinking more of things that are like definite for all the guilds in each set. Oh. Like. uh like if we start comparing individual uh cards that just go with like whatever modern design thinks that each color can do there's going to be some a, lo- a lot of yeah there's going to be yeah. some random stuff but if we look at the stuff that is definitely the same for each set like ooh, 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 ooh. Dirk brought up the the oh, crap what's it called the what the, the grove of the guardian earlier mhm mhm yeah so let's let's look at the guild land see th- th- that's the thing Celestia is the only one with a guild land in Return to Ravnica. Oh, it is? Yeah. Never mind then. Let's not look at that. <laughs> yeah, it is. The, 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 the cycle of guild lands doesn't exist in the new Ravnica. Right. It's ah. just because that, that happened That was to be... the, the rare one. Yeah. yeah. Okay but, then. Let's look then at there's... Shuck lands for each one. But the, but the thing is, is <laughs> Gazi, the, the so city fun. tree is also a land in the original Ravnica. Was there an equivalent? Well, if for this guild there is, but they're saying that there's not a guild land for all the others. And right. you're right, I completely forgot. In Return to Ravnica, this is the only one. Well, that's lame. Uh, there are, uh, the, in each guild, there is a rare hybrid card. 
There is? Yes. Oh, yes, there is. In original Ravnica, it was privileged position. Dark played the heck out of some privilege. Oh, yeah, that's still in the elf deck. Oh. Oh. What, what's it say? <laughs> what's it say? Um... Uh, Privileged position, other permanents you control cannot be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. So nowadays... So it essentially it's, gives all of your creatures hexproof. Yeah. All, all your, your permanents. Other permanents. All your other permanents hexproof, yes. Yeah. And that's actually what the Oracle text says now. Wow, that I had forgotten how much of a pain in the bleepity bleep that is. God almighty. And the new one is Growing Ranks. For two and two white-green hybrid is an enchantment, a rare, at the beginning of your upkeep, populate. So Both of those are ball busters. <laughs> the personally, new I just happen to like... Personally, I just happen to prefer cards that do stuff rather than stop things from happening. So The growing growing ranks. Both of these are kind of actually like so much of Selesnya. They don't do anything on their own. They require you to have other things. Um... It, specifically creatures, or I guess in the case of privileged position, it's permanent, but most of the time you're worried about protecting your creatures. Growing ranks, you want tokens. Um, I do think that growing ranks ties into the guild's new mechanic a little better than uh, privileged position ties into convoke, or I guess you want to have a bunch of little guys and you don't want them to be targeted, I I guess. You're sort of stretching at that point, though, so yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because there's so many ways you can clear the board and not actually target them. Yeah, you can't target any of my guys. Go. Wrath of God. Uh, Okay. I was thinking of a Send an Evan car. Stupid. (laughs) No. Stupid. Bleepity freaking biggest idiot ever. So many times a Sid and Evan car showed up and Sorry I just that. cried. That was my bad. Cried as my elves just were just like tears. Of, ah. We're weak now. We're See, what go. you guys don't understand, listeners, Dirk, whenever Dirk plays elves, he names them all in his head. So he doesn't see, you know, his well-wisher and his Timberwatch elf and his freaking Llanowar elf die. No, he sees like... Uh, Bobby, Bobby, and Frankie. Yeah, he sees Bobby and Frankie, and Steve, die. and Co- oh god, that's even oh god, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> that sounds like a personal problem to me. <laughs> what the hell, dude? That's okay. The tokens they get made by, you know, the other ones. They're sort of like, yeah, they're like the the fifth and sixth cousins that are like five times removed. It's yeah, like, yeah, whatever happens to, happens to them happens to them. I'm not so. Attached to them. <laughs> they all nice join to... the army? Great. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, are oh, we done? Because I think we might be done now. If we weren't <laughs> done before. <laughs> so I want to just say I feel bad for all of Dirk's family members <laughs> he doesn't care about. Go <laughs> join the army. Well, you know, you got to win the war somehow. <laughs> Hawking doesn't win every time. Uh, violence is sometimes the answer. So, so what do you guys... Wow. Hmm. So as far think, as the set things, we've come down to a tie. I think so. Yeah, and I don't know if there is any other set things that they have so directly in common. I don't think so. We might be able to take some if we thought really, really hard, but... 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. we could for for this guild, we could look at you know, seeds of strength and common bond or something stupid like that. But yeah, or the split cards. Or the split. Well, actually, split cards aren't even listed in the new one. We'd have to go look them up. They don't have the um, watermarks. Apparently not, because there's no split cards here. Oh yeah, you're right. That's and weird. that's awful. Yeah. I don't know. So, okay, wait, one more thing. How about how the other cards that don't have the mechanic or that we haven't mentioned already, how do they work with the mechanic? Well, the one that I've been thinking about talking about this whole time... Get them, B. ...was um, Glare of Subduel. And yep. this actually works very well with the original Ravnica. Uh, for two and a white and a green, it's an enchantment. Tap an untapped creature you control. Tap target artifact or creature. The reason this doesn't say artifact, creature, or land is because they didn't want it to be too close to oppression. And oppression is oppressive. And really, really annoying to play against. Uh, but still... It's funny that they were able to name it so well. But they, but this really says, I tap my smallest guy to tap your biggest guy. That seems fair. And when you've got a bunch of guys out and a lot of them are saps, you can tap all their guys and uh, and then at the end of their turn and then attack with your bigger guys and you'll never take any damage. And um, this actually works really well. So, yeah, this supports the guild mechan- mechanic uh, really well. A deck called Gazi Glare was a real competitive deck. The glare part of that being glare of subdual, and the Gazi part being Vitugazi, the city tree. That could just make all the saplings are using tap everything. Yeah. Yep. Like that is that was a thing, and it was terrible. I mean, terrible to play against. It was a good deck. Yeah. It was a very good deck, and you if if it got online and you couldn't do anything about it, that's it right there. You were not dealing damage again. So I'm looking at some of the cards, some of the other cards in the in the. New Ravnica here, and I'm seeing the same thing as in Old Ravnica. They're cards like Selesnya Century and uh, Votary of the Conclave. You know, they they just have both colors on them. And then there's stuff. Do both of them re- white? Do yeah, both of them regenerate? Yeah, they do. That's weird. And then there's cards like Unflinching Courage, which has nothing to do with uh, anything. It's just amazing. And Heroes Reunion, same thing, you know. And then I flip back to old Ravnica, and I see stuff like Phytohydra, which only has the Selesnya colors on it, or Selesnya watermark on it because it's green and white. Like, it has nothing to do with the rest of the guild. Uh-huh. And the uh, the Sagittars are the same way. The Transluminant makes a token, so I guess that doesn't count. Uh, but, so the cards that aren't related, they seem to be about the same and completely unrelated. Which is weird. I thought maybe like modern design and whatnot, they would be a little, it, there would be a little tighter knit feel to it. But looking at the cards, there really isn't, and that's weird to me. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, they didn't have to fill the guild with strictly guild-centric cards. I mean, it is possible to put too much synergy in a deck, and, and, well, and that would cause problems down the road. They just filled out the rest with green-white cards. Yeah, yeah. Like, Dryad Militant is one of those... Uh, is it still sought after? I know when they printed it, everyone was like, Oh my god! Um, I think maybe now all the people who wanted one have them, so... Hmm. <laughs> so, it, I mean, it's amazing, but it doesn't... 
It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just really good. Yeah. So, hmm. I don't know. But as far as... So let's take a vote. Since we're all tied up here, what, which one do you guys think is is the more better Selesnia? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. All, hmm. all around. Just because of the improved... Well, mostly because of the improved design over the years and, and the cards that it ends up producing. Um... I'd, I have to say that the Return to Ravnica Celestia Guild is the is the more betterest. I'm going to agree. I don't think I'm going to say this for each guild that we're going to do, but mm-hmm. I do agree with Mike. I think the mechanic is a little more solid. It's a little, yeah, it, it, it's a bigger success. Um, I do think that the original Ravnica Celestia Guild had some. Single standout cards, and there's some cards that resonate very well, like the worm, but you still get a lot of that with the new Ravnica as well, and they tie into each other a little better. So I think my vote goes to Return to Ravnica as well. Dirk? I'm gonna go with Return to Ravnica. And it's, the old Selesnia has great cards, but, <clears throat> It just doesn't feel like that there, it, it feels like there was, it, it's too much effort to get the good creatures out. Uh. Whereas, with this one, with the, the new block, there are comparable decent creatures you can get out, and there is a mechanic to make more of those good creatures. Or to get more creatures out, and make it more competitive. Like the first time I played Selesnia, like in the original Ravnica block, I thought it was going to be a great, you know, faction. I thought it was going to be a great group. And as I played it, I realized that it was it's it's got some good cards, but for the most part, it's not as strong a faction as I thought it was going to be. Whereas the new one is strong and is com- uh, competable. Yeah, and basically for all the reasons that those three just rattled off, I completely disagree. They're idiots. No, wait, hang on. I completely agree. Every yeah, yeah. The new the new Selesnia definitely has it beat. But it it, it it all came down to like feel and opinion because our, uh, our our bullet points ended up as a tie. So see, sometimes it's the the devil's in, not in the details. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes Satan's in the big picture. Sometimes the devil's hiding in your closet right now. I mean, uh... And he's giving the bunny ears to people in photos. That bastard! <laughs> now... That jerk. Now, not to say that you you cannot take a... make a Selesnia, you know, deck out of both. You could probably... you can make a very strong Selesnia deck out of both. Oh, yeah, dude. Like we so- just said... If you were to take uh, Imara and Tulsimir, and you take the two uh, the two guild mages, that right there is a really strong combo. Yeah, that's that's a great place to start a deck right there. Is, is those four cards? You know, you can you know have little. You can. I mean, you're you're talking about the starting place to building a very powerful army, and essentially that's what Selesnia really, I think. Uh, encompasses is being able to grow life to make new life and whenever it's threatened to use that life to defend itself and 
I think it fits better into Return to Ravnica for that feel. I should have, you know, I know Dark's a, a Simic man, but I, sh- of course, should have guessed that he would enjoy this guild. It's a biology guild. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Why don't I like Is It More Then? Huh. <laughs> is It isn't science. Not when you really get down to it. Yeah, that's true. Is It is it is the guild for those kids that were in chemistry class, and all they were in the class to do was blow something up. <laughs> they didn't care if anyone got hurt. They were in the class to blow stuff up. They were waiting for the day that they got to play with the potassium. <laughs> So Pretty that's much. essentially what yeah the the is it guys are is that they're they're yeah. there to blow stuff up but, but they, they it, would use what they learn in their physics course to make a potato gun yeah. <laughs> but is is it will get their day you know yeah, with us know. the day that every guild waits for the day on the mana pool you damn right they do because we are clearly awesome so I think that's enough of that so do we have any final thoughts Mike uh final thoughts. Um, I'm actually interested in maybe building this uh, red hexproof deck, except for some of the lands and a few random uncommons. I think I have all the cards. So and instead of just quietly moping my way out of F&Ms and other things for the next several months, I might actually get back into it fairly soon. Sweet. Well, I am glad that even though you you seem pretty despondent, uh, at the tournament, I'm glad that it inspired you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, how about you, B? B? I am Bird? glad that I was able to go with Mike. And uh, like I said, I would have been a little more despondent myself if I did not have friends there. And I'm very grateful to my friends for helping me out with that. Uh, I made a note of something I wanted to share with you guys, just like last time when I shared with you the, hey kids, this is an advertisement thing. Uh, I took a picture of this. We've got a store in our, in Thomasville where we just moved to, uh, and called Peebles. And I had never been there, but it's kind of like a department store. And I was walking with Sam to go meet Carrie as she was checking out and I stopped and I was like, really? Really? And I had to take a picture of this because I didn't know if anyone would believe me. Um, it says it's seen on TV and when I showed this picture to Lex, she actually said, oh yeah, I've seen that. And I'm like, but, but, but. So, on the side of the packaging it says, the hose that grows. And the name of it is Pocket Hose. I'm sorry, what is this product? <laughs> Does it even matter? It sounds kind of... Well, it does, because I don't know if I should cut this or not. Like, this, this is really dirty. But we but we love these hoes. <laughs> um, it is actually, apparently, a, a hose. I don't know how it works. It's in a clear container. This is not, in, it's not sold in, a, in any illicit stores. This was a department store. I was just... And, okay, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, it says, um, the way the way that I looked at it, it says the hose that grows. If you actually look at it, uh, it says the hose that grows 250 feet. But that's not quite as funny. But it still says the hose that grows to 50 feet, and its name is still Pocket Hose. <laughs> <laughs> 
So it's some kind of hose. So I guess you can look him up. Wait, wait, wait. Don't look it up online. <laughs> <laughs> Turn safe search on first, then look it up online. So it says, this is why my nightstands are full of open Bibles. <laughs> it, it does say, uh, it does say that it's as seen on TV. So <laughs> late night Cinemax. Oh, oh, I remember seeing some hose on TV. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh, so. All right. That's it for me. Dirk? Um, Top that. I was telling the, the guys at <laughs> the very beginning. Um, I just started uh, grad school earlier this week, so um, depending on how things go, whether or not I feel overwhelmed with work, I might be taking uh, a week or two off. So hopefully I'll be able to catch up on work and I'll be able to stay ahead of, of everything, but it's a, a case of uh, the summer session, which is about six weeks long, is we're, we meet every single day for three hours. And I've already, I've got a chapter of stuff to read and unfortunately it's only 17 pages, except it's 17 pages with really small font. And so it takes me easily like 20, 30 minutes to read, you know, a page front and back. And so I'm, I'm, again, if I feel overwhelmed, I might have to take a hiatus for a little bit. But again, I'm, I'm not leaving or anything like that. It's just going to be a, I need to make sure I can keep, you know, work towards the masters and everything. So I have to put family priorities ahead of the, the podcast if needs be, but, you know, I will still be, I will still be here in spirit. If you heard a noise when Dirk said, I'm not leaving or anything, that was just Chelsea in the background going, ah! Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, she's asleep right now. Her and the boys are all asleep. I actually told her, I was like, I'm not coming to bed after the podcast. I've got reading to do. <laughs> Ooh, we should let you go now. And when, when you guys were actually doing your, uh, talking about the, 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 the PTQ, I was actually reading. <laughs> I was booking shows. Yeah. I was actually doing work. Yeah. So me and Brian I were the only ones paying attention you. to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Attention. And we were the ones there. The listeners, if you were reading while we were talking, send us an email. <laughs> Tell us what you were reading. Anyway. So that's my so, final thought. So real quick, uh, if everyone will divert their attention to the link that I just put in the chat. Uh, listeners, this is a link in the show notes. Everyone should take this a second to open this up. It is a tweet that Clues made because of a pack of modern masters that uh, the Lady Clues, as Bill has taken to calling her, Dr. Mrs. Dr. Science, as uh, Clues refers to her, and, you know, Clues' hot wife, as I call her. Uh, <laughs> he said, wife was opening modern masters this morning. Yes, this pack really happened. And I was like, okay, fairy mechanist, mock war marshal, arcbound worker, blah, 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 I don't, I don't see. Oh, Narcomeva, that's cool, that's historical, alright, alright, Tarmogoyf, damn. Foil Tarmogoyf, same pack, same pack, guys, same pack, right next to each other. What mm-hmm. the hell? Yeah, that's silence? Yeah, that's proper. Of course, yeah. Mike and Brian already heard about this, and I talked about it on Monday Night Magic, but everyone doesn't listen to Monday Night Magic, and honestly, most of you shouldn't. I actually heard it. I heard it from Clues, and then I saw it tweeted later. Yeah, Clues is uh, Clues said that his wife is a hell of a pack opener, and he's glad that she opened it out of her box. Because if he opened this, he'd have never heard the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, Jack asked her, asked him, hey, Clues, how's it feel to open Rent? And I thought about that, and it hurt a little bit, because that's Rent. Like, that's my half of the Rent right there. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So if this isn't the best pack ever, as far as, you know, the monies, it's pretty close. I don't, I don't know if it's possible to get much better than that out of a single pack. So anyway, direct all of your hate towards, uh, on Twitter, at LaCluze, L-A-C, oh crap, L-A-C-L-U-Y-Z-E, and Amanda the Magic, I was like, well, you've been on our show, right? You know, we were talking about something, and he goes, no, actually, I haven't. Huh? Has Clues been on the mana, the mana pool? Are you, oh, I want to say yes. I thought so. He, he said no, so send us an email or tweet at us. I don't think so, but, yeah. Like, if it was, uh, if we did have clues on, it seems like it would be an episode where, like, Brian or Dirk was were gone. And I don't remember that. So, if Dirk does leave uh, for a week or two, we might have to tap clues and see if he wants to come on. Because I don't believe we've never had clues on. That's just, that floors me. See, I can't remember because I'm having trouble separating it from... <laughs> Card advantage. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've done two episodes with him now? Yeah. Yeah, it starts to run together. And even, though, and even though our episode with him, if it would have happened, would have been a much longer time ago, still, that's one of those things that I wouldn't, I, I can't separate. Yeah. I'm one thing or the other. No concept of the passage of time. No shame. Yeah. Oh, I'll put a link to that red hexproof deck in the show notes, too, just so everyone knows. If anyone wants to know what the hell Mike was talking about, because I went to look... And I'm like, this can't be right, because all these creatures are blue and white. <laughs> no, no, there's some red spells. Yeah, it was a little weird. It's all right. So that's that was my pretty much it for the final thought. Uh, yeah. So that was old versus new. It was awesome. And I love you guys, the, the listeners. And I love you guys. And I just pointed in a different direction, uh, my, my dorks. I really do. I'm, I was sorry that I couldn't see you last weekend, but I really needed sleep. <laughs> a lot. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brian asked me, oh, did Chewie send the recorder with you? And I'm like, no, because I'm pretty sure either he would know that I wouldn't remember to use it or wouldn't want to use it or wouldn't know how to use it properly. So It occurred to me uh, on Saturday, I was like, oh, man, I should have sent the recorder with Mike. And then I thought about it, I was like, no, I shouldn't have. Because of, I think it was a combination of the first two. Uh, reasons you would have not really wanted to, or you would have not thought about it until oh, oh whoop! Now I gotta cut that. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh look, I have this recorder that we should have been. Oh well, let's record something in the car on the way home. So, did you guys drive together? Yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so yeah, sorry about I that. I thought about it later. I, I should, I, maybe I should have just gone myself because what I was doing Sunday was involved um visiting the parents' house and then going to church with them in Raleigh, so huh. should have just driven myself and then slept at the parents' house Saturday night. Oh. Oh, well. So, I have no final thoughts other than that. Uh, send us an email, dorks at themanapool.com. Uh, you can follow mostly me on Twitter, at themanapool. There's lots of MTG cast stuff going on there, too. Uh, yeah, because that's my Twitter account, so whenever I have something MTG casty to post, that's where it gets tweeted. Hmm. Um, we got the Facebook group. We, it's facebook.com slash themanapool. We've got the forums, which may or may not be up again. They seem to be having some sort of hosting maintenance or something right at the moment. 
Nope, they're up. Yay! And I'm not logged in. Dude, I tried to log into the forums one day on my phone. I have no idea what my uh, password is. Like, not even a little bit. Yeah, like, e- even though I'll get randomly signed out of other stuff that I've told to remember me, like, the the remember me on the forums lasts for years at a time. It does. That's not an exaggeration. I'm trying to get logged in now because apparently uh, this thing saved, here we go, this thing saved multiple passwords. It's like, this one? No. This one? No. Use this CAPTCHA! Damn it. Hey, look, they're back up. Yay. And apparently... Is this from... <gasps> okay, so... The Jace Kid just put a link to a GIF, and it's Mega Man. Mm-hmm. And right below that, his previous text was... Or a message was about Super Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. If they put Mega they, Man in Super Smash Brothers, I might die. They already... They did. Oh, I'm gonna die. Didn't know this. Hey, no, that's not even the best news. The Although best? the trailer for it is pretty cool. The best news is that the trainer from We Fit is in there. <laughs> so everyone could beat the hell out of him. Oh yeah, it's, it was the woman. But I mean her. Yeah, I mean it's not even that you get to play with her; it's that you get to beat the crap out of her. That is hilarious. But the Mega Man preview is freaking sweet, I have to say. Go check that out. So, that's enough of that. But there's all these ways to get in touch with us, and please do. Oh, crap, donation. God almighty. So we never get any donations, and now we've had one two weeks in a row. Wow. Uh, You know, I don't need to look it up. It was Matthew Kelbel. He has gotten in touch with us in the past, because I remember trying to pronounce this name. Kelbel. It's K-E-L-B-L-E. I think it's Kelbel. I think is right. But he, he sent us some money. And thank you, sir, because, uh, well, no offense, I'm going to Vegas. So, and I realized that I, that the, the, so Schofield, Jeremy Schofield set up the whole Vegas thing for my plane ticket. And that's what it covered. So the plane ticket is taking care of everything else and the room, I guess, because I'm staying with him. But everything else, I gotta do. And my broke ass is just realizing that. I finally pre-regged for Vegas. On Monday, so while we were recording, I was like, <laughs> I should probably do this. You know the reason I hadn't? Because it's 60 freaking dollars, because it's Modern Masters. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. And i got to get a cab, I'm, I'm guessing, from the airport to the room. And that's going to be not, you know, zero. You don't think the hotel will have a shuttle? I don't know. We're on, we're at the old, we're on the old strip at the Golden Nugget, so I don't, I don't know. Oh, come on. The Golden Nugget's got to have an airport shuttle. You, you should check that out. Uh, yeah. Well, since Vegas is actually in two weeks, or now a week and a half, holy God, do you realize this? What the hell? Yeah, I'm going to have to start paying attention to a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. But anyway, so right. So thank you very much, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, that, that's going to end up. Actually, it did go to part of my uh, pre-reg. Well, no, because you sent it after that, but just assume that it went towards my pre-registration. <laughs> Was it a multiple of five dollars? It actually was. Yeah, he he did he did two two five dollars. <laughs> so yay, stupid the way it, and Scott isn't here for me to cuss at. And even if he was, he'd be like, huh, and then he wouldn't fix it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and sometime soon, everybody, go check out. Uh, hopefully, by the time this is posted, actually, go check out Mike's article about the new slivers, which no one cares about anymore. But that's the point: is that no one cares about it anymore. So everyone's had time to like level their heads out and think about it. So yeah, and that that is that is a bit of a plus. I was worrying that it was starting to slip into irrelevance, but yeah, no. there I'm sure there are people still pissed about it. 
and myself included, I still don't like them. Even after uh, reading your article, I was like, eh-eh. But <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. Go go read it. It's it's really good, and hopefully it's posted by now. He's actually had it, uh, the draft on the website, for, like, what, three weeks now? Maybe Two weeks. Two, two weeks? Okay, good. So I'm going to look at that right after we're done. So, yeah. Yay. So, yay. Okay. So that's that, and that's enough of that. So, Card Shark, all that good stuff, all the contact information's all in the show notes every episode. Uh, if you're listening, this is an MTG cast. What the hell, dude? This went up like a month ago. Go subscribe to us directly. The link to that is in the show notes on the MTG cast post. So get on that. And right, so this has been episode 282 of the Mana Pool. Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, go play some magic. <laughs>